This is a HeadGum Podcast. I mean, we need to start, we need to start by talking about Whoopi Goldberg, which Gerard has already named the GOAT. First off, man, woman, black, white, Asian, oh, Puerto Rican, Whoopi Goldberg. Yep. Is it EGOT? EGOT. E- e- yo, a black <laughs> woman That's is it EGOT? Yo. EGOT. Dog, Grammy. EGOT. And, and, how, and, she, got, Oscar. and she got that, no. the EGOT in such a short period of That's time. Yeah, super quick. Everybody else, like it took them like 40 years to get an EGOT. <laughs> she did like less than a decade. Yeah, and the thing is too, is like she eight years. Did she get a Peabody? Like a I gotta look it up. Did she get a Peabody? Uh, <laughs> what you just say? He corrected I mean, me because I said it was the, eight years, and he was like, people, "It was like a decade." The, the people are gonna correct you. Oh like, my god! This is the internet. Somebody's gonna correct you. <laughs> Whoopi freaking! What, what did she get? She has the Emmy. Uh, nominated for thirteen Emmys. God damn! God damn. Nominated for thirteen Emmys. Right. Well, think about it. I mean, you got. I don't think she got a Peabody. I'm looking. Oh, it says she also was the second black woman to win an Academy Award for acting. God damn, the second. Yeah. When be, so I Hattie mean, we're going to talk about that. Was later. it Hattie McDaniels? Didn't her? Exactly right. Hattie McDaniels was in like the... That's exactly right. It was 50 years. There's a 50-year gap. It went from Hattie McDaniels? It's been yes. It went from like the wow. 1930s to the... Ni- <laughs> it went to like... Yeah, like... Because only been late what? 1930s it's been to what? like 1990. Give it to me. What is it? Only been like seven black women to win an Oscar? Well, I mean, now, are you talking, but I mean, Including. supporting, yeah. I mean, now it's like you had her, and then it was like, then you had Halle Berry. Then you had Lupita. You have Lupita, you have Octavia. And then Viola. Viola. And that's all those are from the last mm-hmm. 21st century. Yeah. Damn. Um, Woo! But Whoopi, I mean, well, James, did you want to talk about, did you ever see her one woman show? No, I didn't see it. No. So I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) 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 This is my my thing. He's the one who brought it up before. My thing about Whoopi, when my mom came to town, um, I was able to get her tickets to like The View. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Whoopi Goldberg is, you know, the go to whatever. So apparently, like during the commercial break, uh, the view would be Goldberg could come around to like everybody in the audience and just legit will try to shake hands and take as many photos as possible. Mm. So my mom is there with my aunt, and my aunt is like one of these social media people, like post everything. And my mom is very country, you know. She like she's excited. Yeah, like she like she's this not is, this too is, this cool is, for school. Yeah, this is a big deal, right? right. Yeah. Would be Goldberg comes up, shakes her hand, right, and apparently my mom like starts freaking the fuck out, mm. and would be Goldberg apparently <laughs> would be Goldberg. Like puts a hand on my mom's shoulder and is like, it's great to see you too. And I was like, you know what, Whoopi? For, forever, uh, I'm rocking with you, Whoopi. That's amazing. I was like, you I know what I mean? That. And she I probably does that, that every day. Right. I love that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Every day she probably does that on that show. Oh. Yeah. It was, I mean, what's crazy is that she did, it feels like she didn't even try, but she like became this preeminent like actor comedian mm-hmm. uh activist and that like talk show host and uh also like 
like children's star. Yeah. And she's like a crazy. You know what I mean? Like right now too. she was like in like so many things at once at the same time, uh, in and like like does said in such a short period of time, that she hosts. She was the first black woman to host the Oscars. Oh yeah. And then she, she hosted host. like three times. Wow. She um, uh, yeah, like and then and she had her own television. She I mean, has she, a kid book series. Yeah. What is it? It says Sugar Plum, kids books. I mean. I, yo, it's so crazy you said that. It's like she's I, the center square in Hollywood squares. <laughs> and she Man, also had what was the, the the comedy? It was her. Uh, uh, it was like three of them. It was her uh, comic relief. Is that what it was mm-hmm. called? Yep, um, with um, Billy Crystal. Yeah, Billy Crystal and, and Robin Williams. Yes, mm-hmm. right. The the like the fundraiser that was amazing. That was with HBO, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was an HBO special. Yeah, like Whoopi. It's so crazy because all right, Whoopi does appear in movies now, and some of the movies are like kind of tricky like she did some movie i don't know why i watched it man i watched some of it it was like her it was like her and like um was it charlie sheen and it was about september 11th and she played like she played like one of the people who uh was working like you know how when you the elevator breaks Mm -hmm. like she was like one of the the uh what is it called i don't know people who like like oh man don't worry about it yeah don't worry about it it'll be okay and Mm -hmm. it's like charlie sheen trapped in Mm -hmm. one of the the elevators during September 11th, and I was like, "Ooh, Goodness. Whippy, this, this ain't a good one." But someone just <laughs> you sent know me. What? She goes, oh, that's the movie she... was called 9/11. Oh, is that what? <laughs> she's created so much that she's allowed to have some fla- fla- failures yeah. because she's. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. You Thank know what? You. We should talk about the Lion King. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's Wait, true. Ufasa, ooh, Wait. She is one of the hyenas. Yeah, she's one of the hyenas in the Lion King. Dude, I forgot. Um, I just watched a trailer someone sent me today. A trailer. She has a new movie coming out with Tika Sumter. And I will. Whoopi Goldberg is so good that I'm going to admit something to you guys. Oh. I watched this trailer. Okay. I watched this trailer. I was like, oh, man, this is like a fun movie. It's like Tiffany Haddish, Great. Tika Sumter, and Whoopi Great. Goldberg. So it's like Great. about two sisters and a mom. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it like, oh, this thing looks fun. <laughs> and then it ends. And like in very small print, it was like written and directed by Tyler Perry. And I thought, I was like, ooh, do I still like it? I kind of liked it. I kind of did. I, I kind of still like That's it. That's fine. I do. <sighs> so many things happen in the world where Whoopi Goldberg has got me to like Tyler Perry. Oh. That's the power of Whoopi. Honestly, you're right, Tessa. That's the power. You're honestly of right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> has Whoopi ever hosted SNL? I don't know why that just popped into my head. That's a very random. So. Wow, that I is a so. great question. Because would she be considered a comedian? Because I know Tiffany Haddish was the first Wait. black com- female comedian to host. I mean, Whoopi right. definitely did stand up. I know, but would you get like, would, if she hosted, would You're she be right. considered she like probably an actor? Would have, so that or, means she probably never hosted SNL. Like, yeah, what, what would she be considered? You know what I mean? And I wonder if that's because she turned it down, or they legit never asked. I think she did it. I think I. Do you? <gasps> did Wait. she not? Hold on, maybe she didn't. Because I remember it was a big deal when Tiffany was like on the show. You know what I mean? It's wait. And this isn't even a shade as oh, Wait, yeah, yeah. It's wait, just... I'm looking at an article right now. It says Yeah, she Whoopi... only appeared in a single sketch, right? Is that right? Debate yeah. over black women on SNL. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I Googled and saw that Whoopi Goldberg had been on it, so I reached out to her. You're reading but, a, an article right yeah, now? Yeah. But when Haddish went but she, she'd only been in one sketch. She never, she didn't host it. That's wow. insane. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. She's you just can't here. Even... Oh, yeah. And in this, oh, oh yeah. She, and in the sketch, she's just like, she's wearing this dress. It's, uh, it's like the color purple. 
Oh my god. Wait, what? Are you kidding? We were still talking. We got to move on from that. I don't want to I don't want to go We were down still that. talking, dude. No, I'm let's just looking stay, at Let's the go back image. to Mufasa. You let's made, go back to the hyena. You made James angry. But also in the back. James James You don't have to double down. I'm just saying you can see You don't the have to double color down. Color purple. Okay. Nick, um, <laughs> producer Nick, can you please um <laughs> You just say she was wearing the Break, color. don't nobody say the <laughs> color and then whatever the color is. People don't, people don't say colors like that, okay? I'm so mad. I'm so... <laughs> I'm talking about the dress you wore. <laughs> I love that it just slowly built up. It was like James finally just heard what you said. And then got mad. <laughs> Nick, can you start the show, please? Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood, Hollywood City. Oh my life. I had to fight. I knew this was going to happen. Oh. I was going <laughs> to. You, that's not funny. That's not funny. I, that's all of it that I know. It's just that. That's, that's it. <laughs> that's, that's it. Thought you were gonna do the whole. I was gonna keep going into it, but then I realized I was gonna do the line that Medea says, which is a truncated version of the line. It's not oh, the God. whole line. It's not oh, the whole monologue. God. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, that's that a great. double foul. I know. Honestly, <laughs> all right. Oh my goodness. Hello, my name is Jonathan Braylock. I'm Jerron Milligan, and my name. It's so nasty. He's got to take a shower after It's like, that. yeah, it's so dirty. It's dirty. I don't even... It's like that a is sour. So is that what it is? It's yeah, like, no, no, it is. It's no, not, it's not like a shower. It makes you want to take a shower. Listen, we oh, have it like... it makes you want to take a shower. Okay. <laughs> yes, it's nasty. <laughs> right, enough. I heard a different nasty. word. I heard a different word anyway. So we have okay. a guest. Mm-hmm. Who this guest, John? It's a returning guest. Who is she, John? Who this? Who this? Did you just do she your just own drum roll? She did it. You just cut Gerard <laughs> out of his drum roll. Honestly, honestly, when you've been a recurring when, guest, I don't think you get drums anymore. I think when, it's like, I think it's like, hey, you know what a freak is. Gerard does it. It sounds like a helicopter. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure to get it. And you I, shade it when you come on. Here's too? the thing: okay, when a queen requires oh, a red a carpet wherever she goes, sometimes she has to carry her own red carpet. Oh wait, really? And put it out. <laughs> is that okay. the thing? Like. Like, like you have to carry your own joy oh, wow. inside and discover it inside of you. I'm happy even here, when you're this surrounded. Is, this might be a very Oprah esque episode <laughs> right now. I feel it. I'm just gonna talk <laughs> slow <laughs> and speak like I am saying something <laughs> important. He's John. Stop talking already. He shut down. All right. <laughs> Tessa Claire it's Hirsch. Oprah Winfrey. He only does this. John Special only guest shuts Oprah down. Winfrey. He Tessa's only shuts here. Down. Recent star of Younger. Oh yeah. And and uh, uh, Michelle Wolf. Netflix is oh, Michelle Wolf. Honestly, you guys, thank you so much for mentioning my credits. It's really <laughs> nice. I'm so happy to <laughs> the have break any. With Wolf. <laughs> the break with Michelle Wolf. I saw that sketch. Mm-hmm. 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 They were me too. Me too. Back. I saw it too. Me too. Uh, Wait no, I think it's oh, I see. That's where deep inside. <laughs> that's where people who are stalkers. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got some. I've got some super fans yeah, from this you podcast. Do actually, yeah, um, yeah. We are. I'm sure there are people listening for the first time, and for those of you who are listening for the first time, welcome. Yeah. We are a film review podcast. Respect. We do talk about 
uh, movies with leading black actors True. in the context of race mm-hmm. and diversity in Hollywood. Right. And today What's we that? are doing a the starting a Whoopi Goldberg miniseries. Yup. Yup. With the film that put her on the map. Yeah. It was her first lead role. Crazy. Crazy because she's right out the gate. So talented. Steven Spielberg, 1985, The Color Purple. Mm. You show is ugly. Yo, this movie has so many lines and they're all so Amazing. messed up. They're you think beautiful. like they're all, but they're like beautiful. to say that to somebody with the first time you see him, mm-hmm. like you show is ugly. Like with a smile. This uh, <laughs> so this movie set some records. Not uh, a good one. One of them is not good. Uh, yeah. I don't know the records. I didn't look it up. The record. Ooh, one of them is not getting uh, pissed about it. It, it. it tied the record for most, uh, most, uh, not, not most, it was most categories most, yeah. for the Academy Awards mm. without winning a single award. It was nominated for 11. Whoa. And 11 awards won zero. It was nominated for it, 11 Academy Awards. It didn't win? And it didn't win one award. What not one. Um, so what, what swept the Oscars that year was. A film called Out of La Africa. La Land. <laughs> Wait, Out yes. of Africa. Out of Africa. Out of Africa. Everybody's for, favorite movie, Out of Africa. And for people who are like, oh, oh Out of Africa. Boy. Oh, well, at least another Mm-mm. film about black no, people no. won. Haha, <laughs> LOL. Wait, wait, don't wait, don't make me mad. Who's in this? Oh, oh boy. Robert uh, Redford and, Mich- and Meryl, Meryl Streep. They went to Africa? Yes. Yo, if they, this movie's about them helping out little African kids, I'm going to lose my shit. I'm going to read the synopsis. No, I'll be right I back. <laughs> I don't think you want to... It's a remake, I, right? Isn't Out of Africa a remake? Is that right? I think so. Am I wrong? It's Am based, I it's based on... Idea. It's no. a memoir, so it's based on a book that was first published in 37. So maybe there was a film. Oh, adaptations. Let's see. Uh, no, 85 was the first... Oh, no, wait, hold on. It won seven. An earlier screenplay was in 69. Nope, that was the that was the first movie. Though. Okay, yeah, okay. it won seven awards. It beat The Color Purple in best uh, mm. best director, wow. best picture, best like I think cinematography. Wow, uh, art, maybe art direction. There are some other things. Can, oh my gosh! I mean, The Color Purple didn't even win for cinematography. It's insane. Can, can I? Can I, can I, can I? <laughs> Honestly, I have chills. I'm so upset. I, uh, that hurts. In my yeah, it's stomach. one of the. It's, I didn't know that. It's one of the iconic, like one of those, like iconic, like what <laughs> the Academy did. Like nobody talks about the film. I'm sure there are some people who are like, I like Out of Africa, but for the most part, it's not really in the you zeitgeist, know, zeitgeist in the at all. Can, the, the, can I read? Can I read you? The, can I just read you like the the, the log line? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I literally have chills from this movie. Um, in the 20th century. Um, Bad chills, right? Oh, I, I am my angry, like angry I, I, my body doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> um, in Kenya, a Danish baroness slash plantation oh. owner oh. has a passionate love affair with a free spirited big game hunter. So, not only is this dude hunting lions and shit, mm-hmm. but she's a plantation owner in Africa in this movie. One over, yo, I, I'm like. This this is a movie that's supposed to be a love story about a big game hunter and a plantation owner. We supposed to feel people feel sympathy for a plantation owner and a person who kills animals, animals that you're not supposed to fucking kill. The way you say that. This is a completely random uh, oh. anecdote that I have about Out of Africa. Is um, <laughs> even though it swept the Oscars that year, I had no idea what it was, and I 
What's crazy is the only way that I know out of Africa is I remember watching a comedy where someone says, um, I'm in out of Africa. I had the titular line in out of Africa. Okay. Uh-huh. And I just Googled it. And apparently either. it's from the UCB show. <laughs> it's from like, it's, and this was like pre me doing comedy <laughs> that I saw this. <laughs> like pre, like, like wow. way before wow. I even knew what any of this was. It's from something called um, Cannibal. I'm looking at, they got a picture. Cannibal the, Cannibal the Musical. I want to spend anyway, no I typed, more time Anyway, I had the titular line in Out of Africa, and this is the only thing that came up. This is so crazy because it's been in my head for years, and I had no idea what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I never want to talk about this movie ever, ever again. again. All right. please? I want to forget this Let's movie existed. Like, uh, I am so angry. Something I think that's interesting about this is that I think that this book was written by Alice Walker. The original book was Only written. two years Only before. Only two years oh, yeah. before. Oh, really? Yes. It, the, the book came out in 1983. The movie came out in 1985. Oh, wow. Yeah. The thing about this movie... Qu- Quincy Jones is the one who... Told Steven Spielberg. Produced it. Yeah, and he yeah. produced also, and he also wrote the music for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yo, low key, Quincy Jones has yep. spearheaded so much. We probably wouldn't even have, you know, our favorite Will Smith if it wasn't for Quincy Jones. Oh, that's definitely true. Yeah. I mean, we would have him as a, ra- a rapper. But he was, remember, he was, he was, he yeah, was broke. but he wouldn't be, yeah. He remember? wouldn't be Will Smith, no, he you know? Yeah, he was, he was broke. He was like, um, he filed for bankruptcy. I <laughs> know. Uh, I, I, I'm, think, I'm thinking about a color, purple, a color purple, and it's hard for me, before we even get into initial thoughts, mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of things we talk about in this podcast is who is allowed to tell what story, mm-hmm. right? It's like sometimes mm-hmm. we review these movies and we're like, ah, the nuance isn't there. It, it's it's yep. Something's off, and mm-hmm. we realize the director isn't a woman or a person of right, color, and we're right. like, ah, this is weird. The, one of the podcasts that I did yes. with you, Hidden Figures, yes. we had that conversation. Because they added that, that mm-hmm. white guy hero, which never existed. Exactly. But yeah. this movie, I and know. I'm so glad you're going to go here. Because yeah. I was really worried you weren't going to go here, and I really am happy you're going. It, it may it, it's difficult because I still feel some kind of way about Steven Spielberg when I found out he didn't help out um, uh, Ava DuVernay with the Martin Luther King speeches that he owns and still hasn't made a movie about. Uh, but this movie, I guess, is my initial thought. Screw it. <laughs> it's like it's so beautiful to me. It's. it's it's beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah. It's it's it made a, just, just so people know it was a box office success. It made like 94 98 million dollars at the box office oh, yeah. which being a, a, a basically an Oscar film like yeah. pretty good. I think it made even more internationally. Total was 142 off of 15 million. Yeah. Which there is crazy. Go. Yeah. Which yeah. is crazy. It came out in December. It was a Christmas one too. And, um, and then the movie inspired a musical as well, right? Yes, yes. which is mm-hmm. which I have. Have you guys? And seen then it? there's a new we musical. Did. We got to see it. Yeah, there yeah. was a revival of it about two years ago. Mm-hmm. John and I got to see it. I tried to see it yesterday in LA because yesterday was the like oh. the last, or maybe today was the last day. I tried to see it, and um, one of my friends got to the theater late, and I think, oh no, and I was like, God damn it, it was good. Oh, I wanted to see it. Yeah. Uh, but, but um, yeah. Sorry. No. It, it, yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, I'm saying no. This movie is just like I, it's so difficult because because Steven Spielberg was able to do what he did with this movie. I don't know how I feel about all these other movies that we that we reviewed mm-hmm. because in the past it's like oh maybe you know a black if it's a movie about a black woman maybe the black woman has to do it or if it's mm-hmm. about a black guy a black guy or Puerto Rican whatever right. But this movie mm-hmm. to me proves that that's not necessarily the case. Absolutely. It's like, for sure. Absolutely. Which is, which is, we know that, right? We understand that you can look in and tell stories about something that you don't know if you have the 
capacity, the heart, the compassion, the empathy, and the creativity to allow yourself to step into these characters and really show them and do the research and the work and the conversations and all those things. Like, we, it's 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 not that we're not allowed to tell stories of other people's cultures. It's just that people do it so irresponsibly. I keep wondering, did someone help? And I only say that because there are so many like well, little nuances. She was she was there. She was there. Because there's so many little Alice things. Alice Walker, that, who wrote the uh, book, um, and she also wrote the book. <laughs> you know, there that is to me. That's a big part of it. Is like he was pretty faithful. I mean, for the most part, obviously she like was she was disappointed in it when she first saw it. Oh, and really? Yeah, she really didn't like it, and then. She didn't like the film. She didn't like it when she first saw it because she because it wasn't the book. Um, sure, yeah, that and, can be confusing, wrinkle in time. Yeah, and she didn't like like <laughs> oh, she didn't, left basically out? she didn't like a lot of the stuff that like is like pretty classic Spielberg. Like she didn't like the big opening score. She thought it like mm. she thought it was like too pretty. Um, um, oh, like gosh, yeah, so but then but then she watched it like like later on she like found a deeper appreciation for the. For the film, and I think like she finally like kind of came to like the conclusion like oh the the film is not the book and that's okay it's it's okay for the movie to be its, its own thing and it not be the book uh, and I think when she came to that it was a little bit less like yeah I read reviews and people kind of felt the same way they were like oh it's overly pretty it's overly sentimental and mm. I'm like but isn't that isn't that what People love about all these other goddamn awesome Exactly. Movies. I yeah. I mean, we'll talk about it. Okay. Uh, so interesting. I didn't read the book, so I can't say yeah, I can't speak I. to it. But I, all the things you're mentioning are things that I was going to celebrate about the movie. Yeah. And, and my other thing about my other thing I will say though is like I think that the fact that some of these other movies that you're talking about, like like a Hidden Figures, like it's not just that it was directed by somebody who was white. It was like also written by somebody who was. White, and I feel like right. when you have like th- that many components, mm. then it then it really starts to like dilute the experience. It's really hard for um, if there's no voice that's like speaking to some of the the, the cultural specificity, yeah, the, and nuances, and mm-hmm. like if you're just trying to tell because if the story is about race, and then you're trying to tell the story and be like, well, it's about race, but like this is all like human struggles. Like, yes, that's great that you have that. But there is a trapping of race that you need to get right, and if you don't, it's mm-hmm. not. But this was adapted you know. by a white guy, though. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So I'm like, that. Like, some. I'm just curious to know, like, yeah, maybe it was her being on set. Something in this process is drastically different than everything else. I'm not willing to take take it away from Steven Spielberg. No, it could be no, him. not no, at it, all. It could I, th- be him. I think yeah. it well, could be him. I mean, yeah. and the other because thing, he's also like I, I. I'm actually very fond of a lot of his work, yeah, of course. and I. So I have seen him take me into the uh, other people's eyes. Mm. Um, and uh, and I like got something and children's eyes and all that and you were you know so I'm right. There was a whole quote where he sa- where basically he didn't he he liked the book like Quincy Jones like showed in the book he was like you should make this movie and he was like I like this but I can't tell this story like mm, this should be really? a black yeah he was like it should be a black director and Quincy was like no <laughs> it has to be you and he's like well I don't know if I can speak to the characters. And he was like, are you an alien? Quincy said that. Yeah. Oh. Because you made E.T. Oh. And that was like apparently like what convinced Steven to like do it. That's great. I, love I mean, that. but you know what? That 
But that makes sense, though, right? Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why it's yeah. like it's. I and I think that's important for this podcast to think about that too. In the way that we have conversations, and you guys have conversations, that it's so nice to see this possibility and this option, like, and it, the way that the camera and the angles. Like the choices of just like how high or low the camera is and who the camera hung on to and lingered on and the sentimentality of it. And the, that's, there was so much love in those eyes and, and thoughtfulness and creativity. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, real quick, let's just do a little commercial break and we'll no. be right back. No. We'll get to our real initial thoughts. <laughs> uh. <laughs> hey, did you know? Today we're sponsored by Quip. What, the toothbrush? Oh, yeah. Hey, man, you know I actually own this toothbrush. Is that right? Like, legit. Like, not even trying to, like... I know we're getting paid to plug it, but uh-huh. I actually use this toothbrush in my real life. Okay, well, here's the thing. The truth is most of us are... We're brushing our teeth wrong. I mean, it's true, man. I mean, you're probably not brushing it long enough. Nope. You probably aren't brushing it enough times a day, let's probably, be honest. Probably using, like, those old toothbrush heads that's, like, all bent yeah, up. Yeah, you probably like... had your toothbrush for, like, four months. Mm-hmm. You didn't change it. It's all bent out of shape. Oh, yeah. Four months? I'm talking about two years, bro. <laughs> right. Okay, so now you use Quip. What, what makes Quip different? This is my thing about Quip, and this is, like, legit. Mm-hmm. One is super thin. Okay. And it's, it's an it's electric toothbrush, oh. battery plier, but it's quiet. So, like, you don't have oh, to charge man. it. It's super quiet. Because I used to have an electric toothbrush, but first of all, it's huge because you have to put the batteries in there. It's, like, deep. Yeah. <laughs> this was, like, I think one then, double A or something. And then it's, like, so loud. It's, like, It's, Baby, like, a... It's super quiet. Okay. It's timed. I think it's, like, two minutes. Oh, So, you, you know how to brush the exact amount of time. They give you what every three months or something refills of, like, a new toothbrush head. Ooh. And they give you toothpaste. They give and you toothpaste, they, too? They give you toothpaste. That dentist already approved. Dang. Well, it was called the best electronic, uh, the best electric toothbrush by GQ. Ooh, I love some GQ, baby. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, Quip will even give you tips on oral care Uh-oh. that you probably never knew. Uh oh. Well, that's nice. That's really nice. They're looking out. No charger or wire Mm-mm. means Quip is compact and light to make brushing twice daily easy at home, on the go. And it comes like this little holder. That you can turn inside out and take it on the go if you oh, need to if you dope. travel. It's it's super nice, super thin. It looks kind of cool, futuristic. And we travel. I mean, we travel. We do travel. You need man. a nice toothbrush to travel with. And you want your teeth smelling. You want your teeth to be fresh. You want people to see your nice pearly whites and feel mm-hmm. good about yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plus, you. I mean, you want all your teeth. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to have all your teeth. <laughs> All right, this is what you got to do. Okay, what's happening? Quip starts at just $25. Okay. And if you go to getquip.com slash jump. J-U-M-P? J-U-M-P, John. J-U-M-P. You will get your first refill pack free with a Quip electronic toothbrush. That's I crazy. I got a free, free refill pack. Bruh, bruh, bruh. That, and that thing ain't, I mean, I pay for that. All right. I ain't even get mine free. Okay, that's your first refill pack free mm-hmm. at getquip.com slash jump. Spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash J-U-M-P. It's lit! And we're back. Woo! Finally. Initial thoughts. James goes first. James, you go first. You want me to go first? Yeah. I don't think I should go first. I feel like... All right. Uh, I agree. I agree. Like, um, it's really bright at times. Um, and, like, sometimes... Uh, I'm like, why is this playing so much for humor? But Color Purple is fantastic. Um, Whoopi is amazing in it. 
Um, I think it's really well uh, directed. Um, uh, I love sort of like uh, the balance that they that they find throughout of like of um, who they're focusing on and when and uh, you know having not read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know how much of that is influenced by that or not, uh, but all that stuff is cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're so wired. Does you want to go? I'd love to. Um, I this is uh, I feel very emotional about this movie, as I think all humans who put their eyeballs on it do. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I have to say, like. Things like, okay, one, it's just so wonderful to see a screen full of people of color. Like, it really is nourishing to me, and it's really, I just, I am not over it yet. It really gives me something. And then also, like you were saying before, like, this way, the way that they started it with children in the field, like, I feel like we got an opportunity to just start with like happy frolicking children, even though there was suffering to come. That was so valuable. So yeah, I thought it was really, so I'm grateful for the beauty of it. I'm grateful for the nature, the shots and these big, you know, somatic moments and music. I'm, I'm grateful that this story got what I, it felt like a level of respect and honoring of this story with all of that beautiful Hollywood, Spielberg, like camera work and cinematic music and all of that. I feel like it, it raised the story up for me. Yeah. Do you want me to go? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think I may, I think I may, now that I'm listening, I think I may, may take a turn in a good way, I think. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. Well, yeah. I mean, for me, I, yeah, I really, I loved everything about this movie. I did. Like, <laughs> especially the opening shot. I think the yeah. opening shot was incredible. It's like, it's so beautiful. It's so, and, and the thing is, here's, here's the thing that's crazy to me about this movie is that, yes, it's about race. And yes, there's like all of this like really, tra- like I really actually think it's like one of the saddest films of all time, just because, like, how tragic it, like... So many people's stories are so tragic. So many people's stories are, like, there's so so much suffering in the movie. And yet, Spielberg mm-hmm. found a way to make that, make the, the reality of that tragedy there, like, sit with you. But also, the other reality of life is, like, people live and they move on and they have moments of joy and they have things that they love and they have things that they hope for and long for. There are, there's moments of levity and, and like, even in the worst people's lives, like, you, you still have this balance of life and, and it gives them their humanity. So this movie wasn't, like, one of those just, like, it wasn't like Detroit where it's just like brutal, brutal, yeah. like, right. like yeah. overbearing, like look at how terrible this is and just like just seeing black bodies being brutalized. Right. It's like you, you, you have the reality of that happening, but in between you have these moments of like deep beauty and like how beautiful these two very dark skinned black women yeah look yeah, in this man. beautiful field of like purple flowers <laughs> with like this amazing score behind it. 
And you're like, oh, it, and and the thing is, it lifts them up so that when their humanity keeps getting taken away by other people or that like the oppression, all that stuff that happens, you feel for them. And I think, honestly, you you need somebody as sk- skilled as Steven Spielberg to connect white audiences exactly. to a black story, exactly, but also have that black story still be right, you know, honored in a way that's not taking away like the culture yeah. right. you know and and so that was I, that's what i thought i was like yeah like and we'll get into it like uh, like one of the biggest criticisms from from alice and and people and like i guess like people who are like huge fans of the the book the book was that the the relationship between suge and um Celie C- 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 um, uh, uh is like it's 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 much more there's a much it's, more detail and, and 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 oh and the, you know because they're lesbians because they're, they're, they're yeah lesbians. like she has I mean they're like the book never says like they're lesbians but they have they also have uh, a sexual like you know connection connection with each other as well at, like she but Suge also has a sexual connection with Mister as well mm-hmm. uh, so it wasn't like she was like a closeted lesbian or anything is like, that play into the play is it in the play though is yes. it the play in the, the, play in the musical it absolutely does touch on it more yeah it touches on it more but pro- I I'm just from the way that people talk about the book I also haven't read the book it seems like maybe it's even more in the book than even the the play does yeah I don't know I have maybe opinions not. about that I'd love to go back but I do that. think. I mean, this movie came out in 1985, and like maybe this is controversial, but I do think like even that scene honored that moment in a way that was like, yo, like people were coming into this movie, you know, and they like saw something and they saw the beauty of that without having to be like, you know, uh, I, I, it was like a it was like a little pill, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know what I mean. Like I, my word for that is like titrating. It's like a chemistry word when you like mix two different um, formulas together so that they don't explode. You do a little bit and then a little bit, a right. little bit. It's like they gave a little. He like gave a little bit of the beauty and like this perspective and like maybe an even outer mm-hmm. perspective from a yeah. different world and also gave like the pain and the complicatedness of it and enough to tell the truth of the story. Yeah, but anyway, so. It was it was great. I really liked it. I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about it, but yeah, man, I I like this movie, and maybe this is just like something I'm going through in my life, figuring out this movie to get this movie probably made and to get it respected, like everyone is saying. You had to get Steven Spielberg, right? And this is at the height. I'm looking up the movies he had in yeah. the '80s. This is like after There's, Temple of Doom. Jaws like, was what he started with, and E.T. already came E.T. So oh. he had E.T. He had E.T. He had Jaws. He had uh, Close Encounters uh, of the Third Kind, and he had um, Temple of Doom. Temple, yeah. So he's, or I mean, in, in the first Indiana Jones, yeah, first and Indiana, Temple. Yeah, and so, he, so he's Steven Spielberg at yeah. this point already, right? Huge and blockbuster movie. Star. He is the dude, right? Like he is the dude, right? Right. And I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking about like how everyone is talking about their emotional connection to this movie, looking at Tessa, looking at you, and I'm like, this movie got nominated for 11 Oscars, right? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> I, John, you said something, and in my mind watching the movie, I was like, oh man, the thing about this movie is that this movie, of course, can relate to us as black people, mm-hmm. but this movie has to be able to relate to white people, right? Mm-hmm. There's never a time where I'm watching a movie where I'm like, shit, I never worked at Vogue, I have no clue what it's like to struggle. You know what I'm saying? Like, and Hathaway, crazy. I can't relate to this story. This is bullshit. Right. Like, 
But we we relate to these. We, we relate, relate to Delaware's parada. Yeah. But because it's a human story, right. right? But we have to have this extra. It has to be perfect for us to have it cross a boundary and relate to somebody of a different race, right. and not even different races for white people, right? right? And I'm looking at this movie, eleven Oscar nominations. So you're telling me the lineage of this movie in the Academy is being tied for the least? Was it the most amount of Oscar nominations Without with way. nothing? You're telling <laughs> me, and the thing is, you're telling me. First off, we live in a world. Straight up. We live in a world where, like, if this was, like, a young white starlet who her first movie was, like, this great, grand, scoping thing, she would have been fucking praised and celebrated. And I'm reading a bunch of articles about, like, Whoopi Goldberg's career. And a lot of reasons Whoopi Goldberg started doing comedy is because, like, yeah, she got roles after this, but it wasn't, like, it was people weren't just, like, bringing her phone off the hook. And her first part, her and Oprah, their first parts are Oscar-nominated parts in movies... In lines that are so enduring. Name me one line from fucking out of Africa. What is it? I'm looking at photos right now, and it's Lily Meryl Streep, who I think, and there's no distance Meryl Streep, I think she's one of the greatest actors that are alive, period. A gift to us. But I'm looking at photos of her, and it's her giving little black kids bracelets and laughing. You know what I mean? I'm like, and you're telling me this movie that talks about, no. He was able to make Mr., who I think is probably one of the best on-screen villains. He humanized that dude at certain points. Right. He made him at certain points. I was like, which I feel is, sorry for this Which dude. is interesting because some of the criticism, like there was like apparently like controversy and criticism with the book and the movie about like how black men are portrayed and people, and there were like like some black men who, who really didn't like it because they thought... Yeah, because it's a feminist story. Right, it's a feminist story and they were like, and they so were like, the oh. the dudes but, were offended. But even... But I was like, even yeah, even the way like he has he he has he, he has, has like levels. Hu- he has humanity for Mister. You see his father. You know what I mean? You see, you see, you see the- his father. You see the things he's insecure about. And the thing about it, too and then is how that- he passed that down to Harpo. Like yeah. And the thing is too is like we always talk about these things. We watch these movies, and it's like if it's a black male lead, we I mean we've said it on this podcast mm-hmm. that oh man, sometimes in order to propel this black guy, or just, we review black movies, I'm talking about black guy, to propel this black guy, something bad has to happen to the black woman. Or we don't even talk about her. So to see this movie, is not, it's not like this is unheard of. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the mere fact that people talk about her skin complexion. Like, I, my mom hates when I do this. I told my grandmother all the time. Her name was Punk, because she was the dark-skinned one. My light-skinned aunt name was Beauty, because she was <gasps> light-skinned. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. in the South, bro. Right. Like, I think about how my grandma treated me and my cousin. My cousin, who was light-skinned with blue eyes, he was the he was the golden kid, yeah. And I'm like, this this shit is real. And the mere fact that I'm looking at this movie that does such a great, I mean, the performances. I even like that the humor I breaks mean, up some of the fucking tension because it's, it's necessary. Know, it's a good storytelling. It. It. Absolutely. We reviewed uh, Mudbound, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's that to me. That's like a that's one of those stories. I mean, besides the fact that they concentrated also on, like on brutality the movie on the on the white family yeah. and then like the black family living through, but like. But the other thing with that movie was like it was so it was so it was like there was so like much unforgiveness and I understand maybe that was like the point but it was just like you're just sitting there you're like it's not it's a chore people don't watch watch that you know what I mean like you want movies to to tell you and inform you about things but you also are being entertained it's not homework yeah yeah you know what I mean like yeah so I mean that's also we also speak to Danny Glover about that Danny Glover played Mister right oh, oh I mean he, and like. What he did with his eyeballs and his transformations. He should have been nominated. The too. transformations he that nothing. he did on that screen. Every single character transformed in this story in such deep and amazing ways in front of our eyes. We didn't just go from one cut to another. 
the camera was on them as we watched them transform. I got three why he didn't get nominated. I think people expect them to be like that. Like, I was thinking about, like, I was reading this interview with Jason Mitchell, mm-hmm. and Jason Mitchell was saying that, like, you know, mm. yeah, people kept talking about, oh, for Easy e you know, like, oh, man, he should get nominated, he should get nominated. But he's like, yo, at the end of the day, I'm a black dude. They expect me to be good at being a hood dude. Right. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They expect right. That's what they expect me to be good at. They don't see that as mm-hmm. me branching out and acting in something. Right. You know what I mean? Like, no one's going to be like, hey, yo, Charlize Theron. Shit, she's, that's not acting her playing a prostitute. Like, yeah, she's not a fucking prostitute. Like, right. I don't understand why the gap. And I'm looking at mm-hmm. I'm looking at Danny Glover, and Danny Glover did such a, a beautiful job in this. And he's never played a role like this again. Like he's never he's never played an abusive. That's the other there's such a there's such a like beauty and sadness to this film because yeah. I realized watching it, I was like, this film came out in 1985. This mm-hmm. film came out before I was born. Mm-hmm. And I don't I I don't know. How many more films we've gotten like this, where you have a huge, a, like a huge movie where uh, there's like basically an all black cast, like um, you know, there's no white savior character. We're not, we don't need like a white person to be our like in into the thing. You there's know, there's I mean? no white savior character. We just need to say yeah. that again. Do you know one of the amazing. other things we don't it have? The, it passes the Bechdel test. Yep. Definitely does. In 1985. But you know the most important part about that to me though about this movie and another reason why I don't think we've had, I agree with you, I don't think we've had another movie after this. This movie doesn't focus on the oppression of our skin color. Right. Like there's certain mm-hmm. things that happen because they're black right. in the 1900s or whatever but it, they're dealing with each other. Right. Like, we're not, they're not slaves in this. It's not like a white family or the KKK brutalizing us. And think about when's the last time we had a black movie nominated for anything that the, 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 the major plot point was that we're trying to overcome our skin? Hidden figures, black women trying to go against like the racist NASA. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, 12 years of slave, slavery. Right. right. You know and I mean? we get to see lots of bodies being whipped, beaten. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. Like, even, even Moonlight has been the closest we've gotten. And, that came out in what, 2007? It got nominated, what, it won 2017, 2016? Yeah, yeah, it came out 2016. I think it won 2017. Yeah. And this movie is, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. You tell me, like, we can't win for Martin Luther King? We got a movie about Martin Luther motherfucking King, and we got no, come on, y'all. Come on. That's the black dude every white person talks about. Trump quotes Martin Luther King. And you talk about, I can't get Martin Luther King an award for nobody in that shit? This movie makes me sad. Every time I think about this movie, it makes me sad. Because I'm like, you had the biggest director, period. White dude, period. Actors, performances, people who are now legendary, period. You have fucking Oprah Winfrey. Oprah yeah. Winfrey at the, at the peak. Like, not, <laughs> not at the peak. peak at the no, start. she was at the very beginning. It, this was a part of her inter- she being just introduced started to started yeah, syndication she was, of her show. Yeah, what syndication started in 85? I think. Yeah, or yeah. Or maybe it? it even started after this. Maybe it it started started, I think it started in 80s. Hold on, let me check. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so she's just... She was in Chicago already, so she'd already had her Chicago fan base. She has her show. Right. But, but it uh, wasn't nationally syndicated yet. I don't know if it was. Here's the thing. I'm going to challenge... Draw, I'm on... We're saying the same thing, but I just want to challenge us to stay present a little bit in the fact that we also can just be joyous about this work of art. Like, yes, there is grief around having beauty, but I also, like, I don't want... I don't want to miss and skip over the celebration of this of this beautiful piece of art. Thank you for that. That's not good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> like no offense. Like I'm not gonna sit here. Like I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. I'm only going to. 
praise this movie because it deserves to be praised. Yes. But I do believe people should understand like how great we have to be right. to even achieve a thing. I know. Like, the exactly. Fact that, like, right. No, we started talking about Whoopi yeah. and how great does Whoopi have to be to achieve a thing and she's still, there's a I lot know, of people in this world that don't know her and an don't island. understand <laughs> where like, and like with all the respect <laughs> yeah. of, of Meryl Streep, with all the respect, respect truly of it, but everybody, Meryl Streep walks into a space and everybody stands up and applauds when she's at the Academy Awards, they yeah. applaud her when she stands up. She gets a standing ovation for existing and all of the gifts that she's given our, our, our artistic world. And Whoopi is uh, this amazing, creative, producing human. And there's, she does not ha- ha- get that same recognition. Right, you know, and she doesn't even get the part. Like, and again, I'm not trying to like make it down. I just want people to really understand that like this movie achieved something that I don't, I really feel like we haven't got to since we haven't had a movie with a majority black cast to get nominated for eleven of anything mm. or even six of anything. Is that true? Six How in the same film. Twelve years, wow. Twelve years got best director, best best adapted screenplay, wow. uh, best supporting, best actor. So I think it got five or six. Because it got director, adapted, it got five, right? It won three Oscars. It won a Best Adapted Screenplay, uh, Best, best picture, picture, and, and Lapita. Oh, and Lapita. Oh, he didn't win for Best Director? No. Damn. Wow. Well, let's start this. We haven't had a black director ever. All right, but here's my thing, though. Yeah, right? talk to us, James. What's your thing? Fuck the Oscars, man. Like, really, like... Yeah, Oscars no, I mean, no, you probably... I mean, you... Yeah, it's you're a racket. Right. It's a racket. It's it's yeah, people yeah. with money and blah, 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 blah. And I know that at the end of the day, it's like, yo, why do black people don't get the money? That's still an argument that I think is important. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, you're right. I know, you're right. You are right. I, I totally agree, James. It's just there's so... They're just so hyped up that it's like... Right. No, we shouldn't use that yes, standard. Right. We, we're using the wrong measurements. You're right. You're mm-hmm. right. So wait, how do we start this movie? Like, this movie... Mm. Well, yeah, it started... Uh, I mean, goodness. Oh, by the way, we haven't even talked about these kid actors. Yo, I Googled all of them. I can't... Did none of them ever... They're like, incredible. That brings tears to my eyes just you saying that. It's, they're, they're so amazing. I mean... Yo, when little Nettie... Little Nettie... Oh. When little Nettie <laughs> is screaming... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude! Stop it! At the end, stop at the it. end of that scene, you know, before they're adults or whatever, it's yes. the most beautiful <laughs> acting I think I've ever seen. Honestly, I watched that and I was like, "This is the, some of the best acting I've ever seen in my entire Absolutely. life." Absolutely, Absolutely. Like hands down, you, she should have won an Oscar for it just just for that. that moment. Yeah, I was like, she was incredible, and we've seen great children actors. In Absolutely, movies. you won't keep her from me. Um. Oh. Oh my god! I'm it saying was so though, powerful. I'm saying though, I love Dakota Fanning because she's like sort of like for yeah. me like that's the mark when I'm talking about like a kid <laughs> actor doing a great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She couldn't have done this though. I don't think she could have. Um, I don't think Dakota Fanning in her heyday. I don't know if she could have done that scene. That scene was incredible. John. You watched a documentary about how Spielberg works with directing in general, oh, yeah. but it, it had a little bit about how he works with children, right? Right. The yeah. HBO one. Yeah. I didn't see it. Is it good? Oh, it's really good. Yeah, you should watch I'll it. I'll watch it tonight. And he talked about this one. A li- he talked about this movie a little bit, too. He talked a little bit about, like, him, like the Quincy Jones thing. He also said that he regretted that he didn't have, like, a more ex- explicit or, like, more, like, like he didn't show that. The, uh, the, the Suge and Yeah, Seeley. the Suge and, and Seeley, like, sexual relationship more on screen. He was like, I'll be honest. Like, I just, like, I didn't think 
audiences were ready for it. I was just too timid. I was just like, I wasn't, mm. I didn't have a, uh, the courage. He yeah. just was like, I didn't, didn't have the courage point, to do that it. that point, that dude, you, you know, know what I mean? He was just like, I could. But the, so the, the other thing he talked about, though, is even though he was the IT director, he was considered not a real director. He was considered a blockbuster popcorn uh. film. Like, like, he was like, hmm. people were like, Oh, not not the same degradation as like a Michael Bay, but like yeah, yeah. he was considered like yeah, he makes movies for the masses, but he doesn't make like art Godfather house. art oh. house movies, like uh, movies about he, gangsters, <laughs> right? Gangsters yeah. and suits. But that, but plays. that's the thing is like people are like he's not like he's not an auteur. He's like he's you know McDonald's, which is wow. bonkers because look at what's going on. You know, because he had done because he had done so many block. He had done you know. Oh, Indiana he, Jones, uh, Jaws, and and ET, and Close right. Encounters, and like he hadn't done Schindler's List he, or Saber Brian. Brian no, he hadn't done any of the serious movies yet. This was his first serious movie. Like this was his first like dramatic. Hmm. This you movie know, was beautiful. Wow. Yeah, like so it was. This was like he was like, you know, kind of taking out a step out in many in many more ways than one. And the, and you. Why the, did Quincy Jones go to him? I but I think Quincy went to him because he knew how great of a director Steven Spielberg was, and he was like, "You're gonna get people. You're." I think he probably thought you'll get the most people to see this movie. I agree. I mean, profit because he's right. I mean, it's, it was a beautiful yeah. match, and what a gift. And and you were the are you the director to the kids thing. Oh right, and then the kids. I mean, like, well, I, I mean, I don't know about about this movie, but they were talking more like through ET. But he was he he like. Basically becomes a kid when he directs them. <laughs> like he's just like he like he's like yeah. So like in this scene like you know he's gonna come out and like, first it's scary but then like then you like you like wait a minute. Oh, that's like, he, so like, dope. He just like becomes like a little kid and he's yeah he's great. Oh, I love that yeah. makes so much sense. You're basically telling like without yeah. giving them line you're telling them you what go, you need them to do. Right. You take them on the emotional yeah. journey that they're going on. So I mean I think oh, I think so that's uh, it's. I still want to like say that it's a combination of both, like his directing and his ability to like trust this actor. For sure, I, yeah, he probably he probably was like, "Oh my goodness, I'm so happy to have found these yes, actors." Yes, yes, they Yo, little have the capacity. I mean, they have to have that capacity. It's hard mm-hmm. to find her too. She's not on. She's not on the. I, I I stalked her for like a day and a half. Oh wow! Because she was. Yo, when she, she was so good. Yeah. When she screams, like, when, yeah. yeah, but because even before that, she's great. She's like, you know, um, talking about. Uh, Do we need to give the context of this scene because we haven't? So it essentially, out. I mean, for those who who haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it, you need to go see it. But you need to you need see to see it. it. But like, basically, the the context of the movie is you have these two sisters. They have a stepfather who. Is like regular, regularly raping. raping them. Um, well, I guess he only Seely. Only right. Seely. He's like regularly raping Seely because um, Nettie is younger. But he, but she's like I can. But Seely is like kind of narrating. She's writing letters to God, and Seely's saying like, oh, like he's starting to look at Nettie, you know, and um, and Nettie's like also like the pretty one, and Seely is not. And like one of the things they set up is that the stepfather says like. Celia, you have like the ugliest smile in the world, or or, or mm-hmm. is it the mother that even? Or no, it was, it, it was the father. It was the father. It was the father. It was the first moment we had these children, these women frolicking, play, play, frolic, women, women. Oh, right. And then the first thing that him. a man says, the first man in the movie, the first presence is a man breaking her soul. 
right. by saying, you have the ugliest. And then they clip go straight to her in labor. Right. And screaming and crying. And at this point, which is even And then crazy, her baby gets taken and away. And then he takes and then, her and baby. And you hear that that's like the second child that he's taken away. Mm-hmm. The other one he took when she was asleep. So she had two children and she doesn't, from have, him. She doesn't know. From him. And at this point she thinks, well, that's a spoiler. That's her, that's her, she uh, thinks that's her dad. Yeah. That's her real dad, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's her dad. Hollywood is shut down. All production has stopped and funding for new projects is tough to come by. There has never been a better time to talk through the entertainment industry's issues and try to reimagine Hollywood. And that's what Hollywood the Sequel, a new podcast from LAS Studios, will be doing. Listen as journalist John Horn talks to some of the most important and up-and-coming actors, producers, and directors about what we can expect the future of Hollywood to look like. And more importantly, how it should look. Will there be greater representation for women, for people of color? Will there be a return to the small and intimate movie? Will there be a permanent shift towards streaming and away from movie theaters? Are YouTube, TikTok, and podcasts reshaping the media landscape once and for all? Can movie theaters rebound from shutdown with streaming and social distances as a norm? As Hollywood the sequels ask these questions and more, this limited-run series will spark an ongoing conversation about how to use the current crisis as an opportunity to fix the entertainment industry's fault lines. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive Hollywood the sequel trailer. Available June 23rd. Download Hollywood the sequel for free at laist.com slash Hollywood the sequel or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's laist.com slash Hollywood the sequel. Hey, everybody. Hi. It's Alice. And I'm Veronica from, from Trek's in the, the City. City. We are two women who are nerds and we love Star Trek and love talking about it. That's right. But we're not exclusive like that. No, we're not those kind of fans. We're cool ones. Like chill. Sexy, young, and also old. Trek's and the City. The city part means we talk about anything. <laughs> Which is our right, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. I just need you to understand that... We have great guests. We have the dumbest bits. And songs. Sometimes. And we talk about Deanna Troy in a way that she has deserved for her whole career. Fully underdeveloped character. So come on over to Treks in the City. Only on the Forever Dog Podcast Network. New episodes out every Monday. Woo! Woo! Yo, this, this is the scene. Yo, when she starts playing... Sorry, I'm skipping yeah. ahead. You guys mm-hmm. at home can't see what I'm... I'm looking at, but like <laughs> young net, like little so, daddy. Uh. Yeah, and then basically, I I, well. quickly we're kind of introduced to Mister, who has his eyes on Nettie. He mm-hmm. wants to marry her, but then the father's like, "No, you can have Seely," basically because he wants Nettie for himself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and so Mister takes Seely, even though he didn't really want her. He's like, "Can he I was, see what she looks like?" Yeah, and, yeah. It was a whole thing. Is this a thing? Okay, can which I is this? It? it reminded me of the. That there's like that story of the Bible with Jacob and like Jacob wants Rachel as his wife, but he like goes to the father of Rachel and he's like, no, you can have like Leia, like have her older sister because she's not married yet. Mm. And he has to like, mar- he has to like, he marries her older sister and then it works seven years and then finally marries like Rachel, the one that he wanted. Which it, it was like, I don't know. The, I don't know if Alice was thinking that when she wrote it. Interesting. But I think she might have though yeah. because she has... Lots of biblical references. Yeah, she has biblical references. Yeah, and she's a work of art. Is this something about... Okay. Uh, weddings are weird to me. Mm-hmm. Like the whole... Like the entire... 
Not the entire, but a lot of the concept of a wedding is weird to me. Like the, you have a friend in Tessa. Like, well, yeah, I mean, well, we could go on. And no, on no, but I, I do want to talk about it because this scene, this scene is something that there's a lot of things I think have been passed on in the black community. Things that I've done, things that like my parents do, like when it comes to like spanking kids, like how we got to that point. But when it comes, like when he tells um, Steely to come out and like spin, it's reminding me of like, oh, with weddings, the 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 husband or fiance has to go to the dad and like mm-hmm. ask permission and then the dad gives the daughter away nasty, at nasty, the thing patriarchy BS. right like mm-hmm. and the thing is i'm looking you at present this. this beauty this and you decide you hide her beauty and then you the man gives it i mean it literally it was just an, it was an exchange of goods i mean because that's that's what, what that's what this felt like especially yes, because when was. you saw her which was again steven spielberg perfect shot is you see her walking Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, she's just walk. I'm like, it's weird. She's walking to the house by herself. But you realize this nigga is on a horse in front of her as she's walking, carrying her stuff. Yep. And that continued all the way to when he was walking Suge away. She's yeah. dragging all those suitcases behind them while he's holding Suge lovingly and like giving her the right treatment. So in the moment where the dad says, oh, in the moment when the dad um, says, um, you can have, um, you can, you, I want to keep Nettie for myself, right? You can have, mm-hmm. uh, what's her name? Sorry. Uh, Seely. Seely, sorry. Um, there you see, because before this you had seen him like, um, you see Donald Glover like loving, um, Danny Glover. Danny Glover. <laughs> Everyone does that. <laughs> That's so funny. You see Danny Glover, uh, like in truly having love for Nettie. Like he's got a crush. It's a complicated mm-hmm. thing because he's much older than her and all of those things. But he's sparkly and giggly and looking at her and quite charmed. Like his affection for her, it, it's it's love. Mm-hmm. And then you see that he doesn't get he doesn't get her. And so you actually Spielberg set up very visually like the heartbreak and anger that he has when he's like, I have to take her instead. And then you see his darkness like arise mm. from that moment on, and then you see this like very complicated right. anger that's that's he has in the marriage for the rest of the time. You know, you see the the root of it. Yeah. yeah, and he takes her because he needs a wife because he has two children. His other wife has passed away, and like the house is the best, and the kids are unruly. He's got to work on the farm. Like, mm-hmm. He has a farm to run. Right. It is interesting because at that point too, like Nettie was still kind of it, it almost felt like she had a crush back, like when she was at the church, like in the room, like when he's outside, like everybody was kind of like geeking. And just to see, like Tessa, you're right, just to see that guy turn so quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was you're right, it was in an instant. Because he was very cute. I mean, on the way to the house to ask the dad for permission, he was very like bashful. shy and bashful, like I'm hey, gonna go get my bride. Yeah, hey, love her. So he had his nice suit on. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, can I do this? Yeah. But then you realize, man, this character in particular, you realize with Mister, he's not the smartest dude. Like, he's not. He's not the smartest. He didn't do anything. He's kind of a brute. His dad is like the sophisticated dude who shits on him the entire time he's around. Mm-hmm. And technically, everybody else in town does too. Yep. Yeah, because he likes the woman that should like yeah. who is like the lady of the night. Yeah, he loved her. The, yeah. 
Um, and truly loved her too. I know it's interesting. We could tell we could tell the story of this movie just by character transformation to character transformation to character transformation. Like we watch the girls transform. Um, what you know, we we see that moment where the father's like, "You've got the ugliest smile," and then we see you're giving birth. Character transformation. We see him not get his first love and crush. Character transformation. Like it keeps happening over and over again in this and, movie and then, in front of our eyes. And then, of course, the the biggest one, which is he tries to rape Nettie. She mm-hmm. kind of fights back, uh, and then that so he it enrages him. Nettie's bit staying with them because. She was escaping her own home where her father her dad, was her. Yeah, her father was trying to get her. Mm-hmm. And then so uh, so Mr. kicks Nettie out and he separates the Celie sisters. from Nettie. Yeah. And like Celie basically was like, oh, this is the only person who loves me. And now I'm, she's my only joy in life. Yeah, she taught her how to read. She was teaching her how to read. Oh, yeah. That, what a great scene. There was so much. Yeah. It, was like, it was so much. Uh-huh. The thing I loved about this movie, though. Um, yes, there's a lot of brutality, a lot of a lot of harshness, but there was so much love in the movie. Yes, especially when you saw these two sisters. What you realize, I, I kind of forget, is that they were 14, or at least Celie was when it starts. Yeah, when it starts. So Celie's like, I'm 14, so that means her sister's even younger. And you see this type of love, but you see how adult these kids had to be because mm-hmm. they were dealing in adult worlds. Like they, like yeah, they're doing laundry, they're raising, they're running a house. Yeah, like they were dealing with, like they were. It's so they're twelve, I guess. Uh, Nettie's even younger, and the kids are what four or five, so they're a few years older than these kids. They got to take care of. They ain't mm-hmm. even like she, the saddest part to me, though. I think I think we might have skipped it. Is that so? We mentioned that Celie had two kids, a boy and a girl. She's in the grocery store one day when she's younger, <laughs> and she sees. And this okay, I know this woman has a redeeming factor, but in this moment, I got mad at this woman as well. So she sees a black woman, kind of like a well-to-do black woman. With her daughter, right? And she's like, I know it's her. Like, you know, the mother instinct, I know it's the daughter. And the woman, like, low-key, she doesn't shade her completely. Like, she's not completely rude. But she's definitely not warm or welcoming to her. And for some reason, that hurt me so much. Like, it hurt so much because I'm like, if you know you've adopted this child in some way, right? You may not know how you got the kid. You may not know all the specifics of it. But, like, you see this other kid who knows everything about her, knows the name. Like, she didn't know the name. She didn't say it out loud she to the woman. She oh, said, she said it. No. Oh, no, no, no. The woman, she, yeah, she said. I stared at that scene pretty closely. It was a very confusing one. I kept wanting to put some, like, blame, sort of uh, maniacal or kind of backwards uh, thing on the, on, the, on the new mom. But it was like, no, I mean, like, she wouldn't know why a girl was asking about the baby and why she was so interested in her, you know. She yeah. was very interested in the fact that her name was Olivia and what that was about, but um, but she might not have known. You know, th- she does have the look back, though, which, w- which I thought was interesting. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. And also, there's no way that she imagined that this 14-year-old girl had already had a baby. Like she doesn't necessarily right. know that story of what why this mother can't take care of her child. In those days, weren't people like weren't it's crazy, but weren't like people. older men always like yeah. with young? Yeah, Ugh. man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it was an interesting thing. I mean, whether or not she knew, it was great <laughs> directing because it was like it made you have that tension of like who's the bad person? You know what I mean? Yeah, just felt What's weird. Because I felt, I felt. I you felt sad, but then it was also kind of like, 
you know, I mean, this is a new mom. She she may not have known how she got this baby, but like it's it is like she believes that it's hers now. She's raising it. Of course. And and she's like, you know, protective of her baby. And like if somebody's like staring at your child for a really long time, Mm-mm. you're kind of like Okay. Uh, you need to get away from yeah, the true. kid. Yeah, <laughs> true. You and Celie was not being normal. Yeah, she wasn't. That's what. No. I, yeah, it was yeah. like because she, she didn't say anything. And Mm-mm. but I mean, it, you felt the tragedy in that, and it was like it, it was like, oh man, yeah, that scene was that scene was that rough. Scene was rough, man. A yeah. lot of scenes with Celie was yeah. rough. Celie doing like uh, this reminds me of just being younger, like watching like the older women in my family like do the younger girls' hair like mm-hmm. for the first time and like the comb and like. Trying to get the comb through the yeah. hair. You better pull at it. They're tender headed otherwise. Mm-hmm. And you I hear know, the screams. It's a really complicated thing. I see, remember seeing my little cousins like crying because their like hair is coming out in the seat. Seely. Oh, right. That's to... the first time she gets hit, too. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, it, to me, watching it this time as an adult, when Mr. decides to do it, it's such a weird thing because this wasn't a huge argument. Like, it wasn't. The girl is crying. Yeah, like the girl's crying. She's trying to get to come out. And she's like, no, man, we're gonna have to just like chop it off. Like, clearly this isn't clearly this is not like a crazy big deal to Celie. And to see this dude literally take a moment and the camera does, Tessie, you're right. The camera zooms in just a little bit, a little push, just so Mr. when he like switches. Yep. He just like he's sitting there and he's like, no, just do it. like no. And he's calm. He's like, no, don't do that. Just uh, can you shut him up? I'm tired, blah, blah, blah. And she says one more thing. And it's like his face just gets still, eyes gets wide, and he just stands up. And of course, it's like the movie style hit where it's like his hand comes all the way back. But I'm like, this shit is so crazy because this is a learned trait. Like he thinks this is the only way. Yeah, he, someone told him this is how you control your animals, this is how you control your pets. Because he says it later your, on in the movie, your right? Your children. Yes, he says it to Harpo. Harpo. To Harpo, yeah. And that's what happened because he taught Harpo that that was the right way to be a husband. And then remember, they said, and then Harpo tried to do it. Oh yeah, to Oprah. Right, Oprah <laughs> Which, wasn't. The we, self, yeah. I mean, we could talk about Oprah's character for a little. I, I love her walk. <sighs> she yeah, walks. With she was this, strong. Like, she was strong. They even comment like on how she did her, walk. They even her arms, like this, like powerful walk. Strong, yeah. Uh, when she comes in with Harpo, like, and the and like, what a character Harpo is too. Like, yeah, sweet. You know, in love, madly in love with this big strong woman. He, you know, he never had a w- big strong woman in his life, and yeah. then he has finds this this big strong sassy empowered woman yeah. and is mm-hmm. madly in love with her. Super in love, and, and, and to see like the treasures were like the father of Mister. Like you could uh, in that relationship, you could tell like oh, as much as Mister's like, you know, this like kind of domineering presence over Celie, she he you can see his like timidness and I think like Suge later on says like oh he's like he's too weak he's too weak he's like yeah. a weak man yeah. and so you see his weakness but then when he's like domineering over Harpo so Harpo's even more weak yeah but like and more inept you know what I mean mm-hmm. but still with that same mentality of like you Oh, I gotta, I gotta put my woman in place. Right, you know? a sign of a weak man. Yeah, he's super weak, and it's so crazy because he has this moment of when he's there and he tells, he tells Mister. First off, love that his name is just Mister, and mm-hmm. we never, we never, we yes, never, we do. Do we learn it? Was yeah, Shug. Oh no, Albert. It's Albert. Sorry, Albert. 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 You're right. Well, like when 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 Harpo comes in and he's super happy, and then you see Mister sitting there with his little pipe or whatever, and he's like. He like basically says like I already heard about you. You got kicked out of your house. 
you're just like looking for a dude to take care of you or some shit like that. And the thing that's so crazy about it is that while all this is happening, why you see one black woman stand her ground? Mm-hmm. Like so the shot the shots are crazy. Like the shots in this thing it are crazy. Everything. Cause like he shoots this whole like most of the scene where you see like Mister's angle from like this low angle. So you see like looking you see Whoopi up. standing. Then she sits down, so he's looking up the Whoopi, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Whoopi at one point is like, man, fuck this, and sits on the couch in the corner, arms up. Oprah, you mean Oprah, Oprah, Oprah sorry, does. Oprah. Yes. Oh, Oprah. Oprah. Mm-hmm. Sitting there, owning the couch. Yep, like, Sophia. Very dominant. Mm-hmm. But while this happening, Whoopi is over here, like, getting tea. And he's bossing Whoopi around. He's like, yo, give me something to drink. Give me this. More ice. And every time you see, every time that the shot is on the glass, and you see uh, Whoopi, I mean, Oprah look up, Look at Whoopi. And I'm like, yo, this shit is so crazy because you see one woman who is like completely... Empowered. And the other one who isn't. Completely disempowered. And like at this point in the movie, like Oprah is definitely from just a whole different world. It like Mm -hmm. feels weird in the world of this movie to see someone, to see a woman so empowered Mm -hmm. and so in her body and, and like... Complete, like, and completely confused at how subservient um, Whoopi is. It's really amazing. Mm-hmm. And she was confused. I mean, she drank. Then when she drank the the, the, the tea, water, the water, like she drank all of it. Mm-hmm. Like you know gulped I mean? that down. Yeah. Thank you for at least someone knows how to treat a guest. And beautiful. It, it's interesting because at that wedding when they finally got married, um, we get to see. Are being surrounded by strong women right, who literally and her family physically stop Mister from coming at her yeah. in, in any way, shape, or form. Like, and you're like, that's where she got it. Like, yeah. yes, we we do learn. She at one point says, like, I've been beaten all my life, and I've been fighting all my life, and I've been fighting my men and the, my father and my brothers, blah blah blah. But but she also had some strong women around her. Very and, literally, we saw them protect right. her, and that's a visual. Storytelling that it is Spielberg did exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah. also it's the thing like if you, wow, I'm just thinking about um, Oprah right now, and if you know Oprah's real life history yeah. of how she was yes. brought up, you realize she, you know, dealt with this, this honestly, this. Nice. So you know that Harpo is Harpo Productions is Oprah's production company, mm-hmm. it, which is both Oprah spelled backwards. But also, Harpo is this character in this big movie that she did at the very beginning of her oh, career so as Oprah in the national. I, I. Oh wow, Oprah, who now has a partnership with Apple, one of the most one of the most uh, craziest <laughs> deals that ever hit. Oh, really? Like it's, wow. yeah, Luck, it's lucky Apple. Very lucrative. <laughs> um, very lucky, lucrative. lucky Apple. Um, uh, the, the, another thing about Oprah that I think is so fascinating in this movie is that. No one's no one's just two dimensional, right? Because like again, okay, I'm not I'm I'm not gonna talk about another actress, but there's there happens to be sometimes where you just have like the sassy, mm-hmm. whatever black woman, right? Yeah. She, and it's just she's just sassy, right? right? But like Oprah in this movie, Mm-mm. like she she has that that strength. But then like Tessa, you're saying like she tells you how she got tough, and then you see her break in multiple points. But then again, at the very end, 
build herself back and up. back and be back to reconnect to her true self. And she decides to do it. She's like, you know what? I, she literally says, I'm back now. Like, mm-hmm. she legit says, I'm back now. Because she had the strength of another strong woman around mm-hmm. her right. that to empowered inspire. her, to inspire her and be around it. And so they all did this throughout the movie. There's little sparks of strong women inspiring and keeping other strong women, keeping them afloat mm-hmm. in this, like, super sexist, oppressive society there's like all of these little moments of strong women sparking strong strength in the other woman sparking strength in the other woman and it's interesting too because they all hurt each other at some point right Mm. like so so harpo like goes to Whoopi and is like i don't know what i'm gonna do with her and Whoopi's like beat her yeah, <laughs> which oh, is like that, so, oh, that, that part, line. Just, that part. Oh. It's so internalized. She, it's it's so internalized. But it's yeah. such a way of life for her. Yeah. She's like, that's what happened to me. She's she like, yeah, beat her. And then and so like, oh, and then Oprah gets beaten because of that. Mm, and, hardly. But she but beats the hell out of Harpo. She beats Harpo. She I mean, and like that's one of those things where like I can see somebody complaining that like in the middle of this incredible speech that James did in the beginning of the podcast, where she's like saying like I had to fight all my life. You know, I, you know, I love Harper. Lord knows, I love him. But I strike him dead if he hits me again. Like, but um, and then in the middle of that, you have Harpo with Danny with Mister, and Harpo's just like, like, oh yeah, I got you know a mule. I got hit by a mule, and like he's like, he's like, you see, you see, and he's like, yeah, it looks like a fist mark to me. He's like, nope, no, no fist, no fist, no, because his his whole like side of his face, his eyes blacked, his lips busted, yeah. um. It's interesting because, so like, this, oh, go ahead, James. Sorry, sorry. Well, this this scene, when I was talking earlier about how, like, sometimes you're like, well, why is this played for comedy? This was this was the moment. I think probably the only one that I still don't even know if I agree with the choice. Um, like, from from the moment that Harpo is trying to uh, step up to. Um, to Oprah's character, Sophia, um, that it's already it's kind of a, it's kind of immediately played for for comedy in some way, you know, like yeah. him trying to st- stand up to her, and like in that's I don't think he hits her in that scene, but it comes right after he's gotten the advice to hit her, so it's like you kind of you kind of feel like are they gonna make this funny? Like are they gonna try to make? The fact that he's going to hit her funny, because that's not funny. I mean, like, I get that oh, you can... I didn't even see it like that. You know, I get that you can get humor out of it. And I, and I you know, he does sort of successfully get... It is sort of play... In a way, they kind of dance uh, around it. And it does sort of set up Oprah to be... Like, she really drops in, and it's very dramatic, and you really believe it. And that's nice. And, and that's played truthfully. Um, uh, and, th- but it does sort of, it cuts back to this, to this other moment that's, that's played for, for humor. And like, while I do think that they are, su- it is successful. Like I do think it is, I do, I imagine that people laughed when they watched it, uh, in, in the eighties, et cetera. But like, especially right now and what's going on today, it's just sort of like, I don't think we should play this for com- like I don't think like I don't think playing it for comedy is the direction to go. I, um, so I, I sort of had trouble with it. It's interesting because it makes me think about the way that it was portrayed in the musical, and and it makes me wonder whether it, there was comedy in it in the book. 
because also in the musical, like Sophia is a comedic, empowering, like she brings energy to every scene. She brings humor to every scene. There's a lot of like in the musical, she's like super, there's like a physicality of her being funny. Like, um, Oh, Danielle Brooks plays Sophia in the most tasty. recent revival. Yes, Tasty. She's extraordinary in it. And she does this, like, she she embodies, like, a bull. Like, she, like, flares her nostrils and, like, pulls. And, like, she looks, she embodies, like, a bull as the character of Sophia completely in this amazing way. And, like, they do very comedic style movement of, like, Harpo trying to go popper and her smacking him weight three times further, you know? Like, and there is, like, yeah. a levity to it that's, like... You know, like I'm, that. That I wonder if that is actually in the character in the book. Did you read it, James? No, none of us. None read of it. us. Okay, none of us. Read it. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. I think. I mean, that's probably right, right? Because even in the, because even in the end, when she hits the white woman, like mm-hmm. that is also played comedically until it's not funny anymore, right? Like right. until she's in trouble. Right. So, like, I don't think that that's not true. That's probably right. I, I, I would imagine if we read the the book. There, there, there is like a humorous element to that, but it just sort of—I don't know—like, um, it just rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, 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 I'd see why it bothers you because normally I hate comedy in some of these movies, but to me, it's like it made it feel, I guess, more real because I feel like Harpo is kind of a wimpy character, and I think his pride would not let him admit to his dad that his wife beat him up. So I think that's how he. I I I feel like that's how he would have tried to carry it. Um, right. Like to me, yeah. It was like there was com- comedy that was mined from it, but the comedy was coming from the fact not that they were making light of the situation. It's like, isn't it funny that they got into a fight? Because like with the scene with Oprah, you see that it's it was very much serious. not funny. Yeah. Like it sucks, and Whoopi betrayed her. Like Celie like betrayed yeah. her friend. Who was like helping her and like trying to, and, and trying to teach her to stand up for herself, but like, uh, and she betrayed her, and and so that was very serious. But it was like you saw it was like you're laughing at the patheticness of this yeah. dude, but then also realizing like, you like, but he still has power, you know, yeah. and then like, and then like, basically they break up because of that. Uh, not not that specific thing, but they say like they keep, they keep fighting, fighting. And, they, and then in between the fighting. They, yeah. they're, they're making babies, babies. Yeah. and um, and uh, just the just because we're we don't want to be here forever. Uh, like um, the next kind of big character to come in is Suge, and Suge is uh, essentially like Mistress Love, Mister's mistress. The- he says Harpo says, "Who's that?" And then he says, "The woman who should have been your mama." In front, if oh. right. Oh boy! Right, and uh, <laughs> and she's a lady of the night. She's like somebody. She's I don't know if that's that's not fair. She's, she's not a lady of the night. She just is open with her sexuality. Like I don't. Right. She doesn't pay. She and doesn't she, have people pay for sex. She just is like. What disease did they? Did she? Because they kept saying she had that. Who knows? I don't know. What probably whatever HPV. What everybody has. Whatever. Who knows? Uh, but you maybe, know but, whatever. All the men who were having sex with her gave her. You know yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're saying that because she showed up not well, feeling well. No, because they they kept they like the dad brought it up. Like when she first gets to the house, she is sick yeah. The or dad brings it up, and the dad is like, "Oh, you weren't going to be happy until you got her back in your house." 
and she got that whatever disease. Mm-hmm. And like, remember, like she wouldn't come out at first, mm-hmm. and yeah, she wasn't feeling well. Yeah, but the thing that was so cool about Suge though is that, and I love, and it's gonna sound really dumb, but I the how the dad, Mister's dad, described her. He talks about her in such a a, a disrespectful way. But the fact that she was so loved by men, like he called her dark skin, said her hair was like scraggly, mm-hmm. said she was skinny. But yet these, like people loved her. She... Like Whoopi, like Silly loved her. And again, I guess is again, just being from the South, like these, those are traits that people normally say to disperse someone. Like I remember growing up and people being like, oh, this girl is beautiful for a dark skinned girl. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. such a backhanded compliment. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and she was loved. Like she was like, I mean, literally, when she gets better and they and they and Harpo builds like Harpo's and she's singing and dancing, and I know this is dumb, but like they had the scene of everyone like saying how much they love her, how they wanted to marry her, and how she's like just loving it. And I'm like, you literally described her in a way that was supposed to be disparaging, but it's not for her. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I mean, yeah. Suge is a character. Every scene that she's in, her capacity to love—I mean, I guess it was broken at some point, but it's her love she is love like she's love in this movie she's love in this story like she got nominated for an oscar too that's important oh yeah margaret avery she heals she heals with love i I, shook what shook was and she's a singer yeah that's what she does she's Mm -hmm. a singer when she sang shook that's i mean silly that song oh my gosh it's so sweet uh sister and then oh it's so good and then at the end it's on a record that they're listening yes. to. Mm-hmm. And Mr. listens to it. He listens mm-hmm. to it like every night. Yep. Mm-hmm. She just poured her love into Celie. Also, I love the control she had wow, over she had Mr. Been acting for a long time. Because she, cause, because Celie had no power, like, because Celie had no power, mm-hmm. it was so interesting to see uh, Shook call him Albert, tell mm-hmm. him what she wanted to eat, what she was doing, what she wasn't going to do. Mm-hmm. That type of control, which you saw over time started to affect Celia because Celia at this point was like breaking a little bit, man. You saw like there were a couple moments where she had to shave him and I was like, yo, she's about to cut it. She's about to just do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, she saw she finally found out what love was from, like not, she had love from her sister, but she saw what like romantic love was from Shook, especially when they had a conversation about having sex with Mister. I, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that was one of the most amazing things. And that's what I really loved about it. For me, I loved the way that they did it. And I actually think that there was value in the fact that it didn't get more explicit because I felt like the meaning of what happened and the the, the fact that um, Celie was damaged and had never experienced romantic love, even though they had this, she had a very sensual love with her sister, which I love that that was so so well captured. But she had only been raped her entire life. Yeah. It's her only experience. And for the first time, she has somebody saying, smile, don't hide your unbridled laughter and joy. Like, let this part of you arise in you. And then she was looked at with love, touched with love, and got to exchange love with a person in this safe way. And I love the way that this was filmed because we saw all of these moments Mm -hmm. of consent. In, there is so much consent in this scene with Suge and Celie. You see Celie bring her hands down very consciously. Consent. And so it wasn't that Suge 
forced her into it. It was very clear. You see Celie's hand reach. You see Celie turn her cheek and ask for another kiss on her other side of her cheek. There's so much consent in Nonverbal consent. Yeah, nonverbal consent. Yeah, absolutely. That, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a very beautiful... I mean, that whole... I thought the way Shook played everything was so great. Because, again, I hadn't seen this movie in a while. So when she shows up and she says, like, your show is ugly, I was like, oh, man, tell me you're not going to have a woman in here just, like, being mean. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, please. Because, like, that's the last thing we need is, like, this. But to see her help her find... And I know I'm skipping around because I do want to make sure we get to it. I do... Like, I love when... She helps her with the letters. Like, when she finds right. the letter. Right. So, yeah. And basically, Nettie has been writing letters this whole entire time. And, I mean, it, it kind of was obvious in the beginning. But Mr. was like... Because Mr. would, like, not let her see he's the a, letters. He's, a, she's, he's the only one who can touch the mail. And visually, box. you would always see him, like, see a, a letter first. And then, like, put it in the back. And then see another letter and be like, Shug! You know, because he was always running to the mailbox to get the yeah. letters from Shug. And uh, so Suge gets the mail one day and sees that there's a letter from Nettie, and then they realize that he's been hiding them, and they search through the whole house for them, and they find a box with like literally years worth of letters. There is, there is one. Sorry, you want to say? I was going to say, and then she reads. She slowly and steadily reads these books and the, uh, the, these letters, and in that process, we watch her transform again and be modernized because of what her sister's deep worldly experience is, and then all of a sudden she gets empowered and knows more about the world than she ever knew through her sister's eyes and letters. And in that process, we see her become a mod- modernized woman. Yeah, she knows her. She finds out her kids are alive too. Yes, yes. And her sister's taking care of them. Which is just, I mean, I love this. Basically, she story. learns that she has an entire family that loves, loves her. Loves her. And like, because. Like, and that she God loves Shug, her. But remember, Suge left her. Like, Suge came, they had this whole thing, but then Suge left and she wanted to go with Suge, but she like basically like. Didn't ask. Didn't, didn't ask and like was scared of Mr. And so she didn't ask and like left. And then Suge came back. And um, but when she came back, she came back with the husband, and so they both felt scorned, which was I thought such that a that scene was so good. To there me. was such a funny thing about that of like both yeah. Mister and Celie, mm-hmm. who are you know Mary, husband, husband and wife, wife, yes, and they both feel scorned yeah. by this other woman who they both love. Mm-hmm. But they had a weird moment of like <laughs> I mean, incredible, amazing. I know, but Alice they had Walker. That weird moment of being cool. Because remember, like. When she's like, how you guys doing? And Celia goes, we have a cold. And then she like elbows Mr. And he coughs. And he's like, huh, sick. I'm <laughs> like, the C, the C, the, the C, Mr. Who has done horrible things. And Celia, who has been terrified of him the whole movie almost. To see her at two times in this movie, and I skipped the first one, I guess. Kind of, not only, like defend him. Like protect the pride. Mm-hmm. She does it here and she does it earlier when the dad comes. And the dad is shit talking Celia. I mean, Suge, when she spits in the water. Yes. Right. Like, That's she right. defends it after everything. She still defends this man. Mm-hmm. And it's like that kind of love and that kind of support. Was it is, him that she was defending or was it Shug? What the thing is, is like when she first shows up, she, before, before the dad even talks about Shug, he sits down and he's super mean to Mr. You're right. And so she's like, she appears out of nowhere. She's like, can I get you something to drink? So while she's in the kitchen, he, she overhears like, oh, yeah, she got, she's dark skinned, whatever legs. And then she spits. But also, she seemed like she was already going to Also, do it. Spielberg played this moment up so much that there was literal tension to I'm him drinking, drinking that water. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. It was Yo. great, man. Yeah. Yo, 
the water glass in this scene was always in the center of the screen, yo. It was. The whole, the whole scene, you were just watching the water. Okay. No, no, you're I right. Mean, it's no, you're amazing. right. You're right. Uh, wow. He fills yeah, up so a screen. Good. Like he, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, but I would even say, I would even say that, like, I don't um, even know if it's defense of Mister or if it's like her understanding that like Mister's an asshole because he's an asshole. Right? Oh wow! Yeah. Like, oh wow! Yeah. Wow! Maybe. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah. Because she definitely calls it that out at the end. I mean, like, yes. It, granted, she does have she has a greater understanding of it at that point, but you know, it could be it could be in her there too. Yeah, and the. Uh, wait, one other thing we have to talk about before we talk about kind of the, the end is the last, well, the scene with Oprah <laughs> and, you know, she has a, she has a new husband she kind of like, she has uh, like this fun, there's like this fun bar fight scene where she like knocks, and that's another character too, though, that ca- Squeak, she was, Squeak, uh, who's like the light scene, yeah. like mixed race, uh, younger, little like seems like ditzy or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and she like knocks her across the room, which is really funny. And and but and but that whole scene like set up this next one where you know like all right, you know if you step to her, she's gonna punch you. Oh, do we have a toilet? And so she's in like you know the town kind of downtown area, and the wife of who ends up being the mayor, this white woman, it's like there, and she. I forgot. She's what does she say? Something about her kids. At she first. loves the kids. They're so they're so, so cute. Well, so they're, clean. They're so clean. They're so clean. Mm-hmm. Your kids are so clean. Do you want to be my do maid? Wanna, yeah. Do you want to be my maid? And she's like, hell no. And then everybody's like, huh? and she's like, excuse me. What she said? What she said? I said hell no. And then like the the husband comes over. What did you just say to my wife? I said hell no. No, but at the same time, which is crazy, is you got Lawrence Fishburne in here yelling. <laughs> yeah. Uh no, he's literally and screaming, do "Don't do this!" Yeah. Well, he especially said that after because when she said, "I said hell no," and then he like slaps her, and then that's when he's like, he's like, "Don't like," because he uh, knows what's about to happen, and you as the audience know what's about to happen, right. and they like linger on her face, and you can see her looking at him. She and, scrapes her fi- fi- fingers into a fist yeah, on the car, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then. And then we don't even see the punch, right? It's like oh, a car goes by, a car go by, and here and he drops, and he's like on the ground, which is so, which is so cool. Like, yep. And then they're all like, "What? What are you doing?" Blah blah. blah. And then she gets literally beaten on the street. Um, to the not, point that she's forever damaged. He hits her in yeah, the eye. Next time the you see her, head. she has her eyes like all drooped, and she like can't see. And then she and she can't walk, it, and she can't. Well, yeah, she can't walk at first, and then she. Is in prison for like twelve years. Yeah. She goes to prison for twelve years, which you don't realize until later on. I thought it was like a quick. I thought it was like oh, a night until you hear. It's been eight years since I've seen my children. Jeez, like, or it, yeah, eight, and eight, all because eight, all yeah. because she didn't want. It. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and basically, this woman who is like the strongest black woman we've seen since Nettie, like. Mm-hmm literally gets like completely beaten down, completely oppressed, completely has like yeah. they the, make her the mate. They she like literally yeah, becomes they the mate. break the, her soul. Yeah. And I mean what a incredible example of like this whole, you know, well do it yourself and pull yourself up. It's like, no, they're gonna like squash you down. Like mm-hmm. just because like 
she was, uh, she talked, she she dared she to talk herself. back. Yeah. Uh, but, but isn't that the oh, thing, this, though? Being insulted. But isn't that the thing? Like, she talk, She tried to defend herself, right? But verbally. Just being like, hell no, I ain't doing that. That's mm-hmm. what she said. I think, I, I feel like I'm talking about cops so often now. But I just keep reading about all these, like, cop incidents. And it's like, every time someone always says, what did he do? Mm-hmm. What did she do? Mm-hmm. And usually it's someone saying, why are you pulling me over? Why are you arresting me? Someone who's literally asking a question. Mm-hmm. But then that's enough for someone to say, oh, they deserve what happened to them. Yeah. So, right. like, in the instance for most people in this movie, even some of the black folk, what happened to her, she did herself. And right. I, that's the saddest part about it right. is that you know you live in a world, if you're coming from the black point of view of, like, you can't say anything, you can't do anything, yeah. right? But for a white person, it's like, how dare you have an opinion about your own life and your own being? Right. You know, and it's yeah. crazy. Which is <laughs> what Alice Walker did. She showed it. Uh, so a thing that I love about also, we saw um, uh, Oprah or Sophia come out and be a maid and be really broken. She's physically broken. She literally is forced to be, become that person's maid And then after she gets out of prison. She's in the store having to go grocery shopping, and then she sees... Seely in there, and Seely kind of secretly helps her to like do the grocery shopping, right, and she's that. Like confused. And it's this other moment of different strengths of women empowering. At that point, Seely is the more stronger spirited woman, and she gives a little bit of hope, a little bit of ignite uh, of help to this other woman. All throughout the story, we keep seeing women give strength to each other. Right. Yeah, it was beautiful until that that moment when she comes home for Christmas. And like she's coming home, yeah. And know. like th- this, okay. She connects with her kids, and she has that line of like, "I don't know y'all." And I was like, "Uh," but to see that and to see you know the mayor's wife outside trying to drive, to see these black dudes in suits trying to help her, so on well Christmas. done, so well right. done. Suits, and it's and, it's, and it's so funny because at first it's like comedic where she's like she's like. Mr. Magoo, like trying yeah. to drive this car and crashing, and they're like, they're like, all right, just all the way, hold on. And then she's like, ah, and like they're like getting pulled. They're like, oh, and you, there's like this crowd of men that starts to gather, all in trying suits. to help, <laughs> trying to help this woman. And she's, and the more they start to gather, the more frantic she gets. And then it start, and it's like it, it again. It bec- it's like this comedic moment that all of a sudden just like isn't now. And then it doesn't become. It's not funny because anymore. you see the moment. Oprah <laughs> looks out that window. She puts her coat on. That woman gets out the car, runs to the wall, and says, they're, they're trying to attack me. And right. how much do we fucking hear that? Yep. Like, straight up. Like, I will, I will fucking hammer Such in. a well-done scene. And I don't care how famous I get. I will hammer in what has happened to Emmett Till and to Black Wall Street every fucking day if I got to. Because yes. niggas don't think that these fucking tears that happen exist. Because I'm like, shit is terrible, dude. You see, how sw- you see how quick, even in this fictional movie, how quick that woman switched? And blame them for what? Trying to help? Right. Yep. Help? Yep. If a white dude would have been there, they would have been dead. And that's not even a joke. Yes. Right. Like if, if one white dude would have happened to be there, that been. black family would now be terrorized. Yes. For trying to help someone in despair. Yep. Like, what do you do? Right. Absolutely. Such an important scene. And she also gives the says, context. Don't don't forget that she says the line of, "I've always been good, good to, to you, you people." people. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yep. Absolutely. And so she doesn't even get to see her family on Christmas. Right. Man, what a great scene that was. That scene was great. Mm-hmm. So so basically after we find the letters, there is that very iconic scene where she's shaving Mr. Uh, she's like sharpening the blade. And then like, you know, 
Sugar's got to run. Extra drama with Sugar running. Like, like somehow, like Sugar realizes. Sugar knows. Sugar's like, <gasps> yo, <laughs> has like a sixth sense. Like this is about to happen, and she starts running. She falls. There's like that. Everything. Yeah, she fall. Like you know, right. just like such Spielberg tension. And like you know, the camera's like focused on the knife as she like walking it. over. Love every oh, second. And of like Mister's like. Like and he's cursing her out, there. boy. He's cursing her out he's the like, whole time. And thing? we all, as the audience, want her to kill yeah. him in that moment. Yeah. The fact that Suge just knows that it's happening. <laughs> 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 she just knows. <laughs> Listen, man. She runs knows. across the whole field. Yo, she runs her <laughs> ass oh. off, boy. Mm-hmm. So much so, yeah. if you realize at one point, I think, early in the movie, uh, when... Lawrence Fishburne and Harpo are like making the club. Celie goes, "What are y'all making all the way back here?" So you know it's far. Yeah, so you know you know Harpo's as far. So that's right. Suge ran all the way up. That's funny. <laughs> that's really yeah. funny. And I, I love Mister's response. Mister's reaction is like, "It's like it is fear mm-hmm. when you see his face. It is straight fear when he realizes she almost killed me. Like straight yeah. up. Because at that point, I think he realizes, oh, she's not scared no more. Yeah, he goes, women." Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's like, yeah, you <laughs> women. And he realized you women. They're not scared. Right. And what's so great is like it mirrored an earlier scene, which we actually forgot to talk about, where when the first scene where she has to shave him and he says, like, if you cut like mm-hmm. if you cut me, I'll kill you. Yep. And like and there was like that whole dramatic scene there, yeah. but the dr- drama is like Don't we're make afraid. A nick. We're afraid that she's gonna cut him and that he's gonna beat her. Yeah. Wow. You yeah. Know? This time and then this time we're like, oh, now we're we're afraid she's gonna cut him and kill him. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, and the dinner scenes, pretty much. And then the dinner scene is like, yeah. And then so then we have basically the dinner scene where this is everyone has a moment. Yo. This is such a magnificent scene. This is an yeah. epic dinner scene. Yeah. Everyone's got a moment in this scene, man. You see all. You see everyone play out. You see Celie finally. Give no fucks. Stands up for herself. We finally get to hear her voice. Yes. Her true anger, her true empowerment, what she wants. Because Suge lets uh, Mr. know that Suge is going back to Memphis and she's taking Celie with her. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Celie, it's so and funny. Oprah, saying, like, start, uh, I mean, it starts Sophia laughing. It starts laughing. Because uh, Celie has started to call Mr. an asshole. Yeah. And like really talking trash about him and her and his kids, and, and she says the one the, the famous thing which I think people probably recognize when she goes, uh, "Yeah, I have a family who loves me," and what did she say? And we're gonna laugh about beating your ass. Or like, what did she say? She like, she definitely says like something about mm-hmm. them beating her family. She says like she says like all four of us are gonna beat your ass. Like she yes. Once they're all Ooh. together, they're all gonna beat them. No, I mean that that was crazy. And then, honestly, I just love the part. Squeak. Squeak. I'm coming too. Yo, Squeaks, I want to sing. But the thing that was so beautiful about this moment is that, like, because I think you've been hitting on it the whole time, is that the women support each other and, like, everything is shared. So, Celie has her moment. When she has her moment, it inspires, you know, Sophia. But not only does Sophia laugh, but Sophia gives you a little bit of, like, what she's dealing with. Like, she, this, this scene to me is the Oprah scene to me. It's like, it's the one where, like, oh, we always talk about this. If you're going to get nominated for an Oscar, what is the scene they're going to show? Mm. It's this one because you realize like Oprah in her life dealt with a lot of abuse, a lot of like stuff. Mm. And when she talks about how she dealt with everything, how she felt broken, how she felt like she was in a prison just like um, Celie was, like she knows what it's like. But then to have her have that story, tell that story, 
And then at the very end of that say, I'm back now. Like straight up. She laughs. She laughs and like, I'm back. Someone pass me them biscuits. What you got over there? Like, I'm back is what she says. Yeah. Celie had that that healing laughter that erupted in her when she was with Suge, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then Oprah gets this er er eruption of laughter again um, that's there. And the movie started with the two sisters laughing. And Squeaks get it too because they start making fun of Squeaks' name. And then she stands up, she chuckles, tells you her full name. She's about to be a singer. And it's so great because... Again, like at James, I do see what you say sometimes it's too much comedy. But like the little boy, the little boy goes, That ain't your name? I thought it was your name. And everybody at the table was like, That ain't your name? It's just such a dumb, funny moment. But it's like But I also think that Well that- no, don't don't misunderstand. There weren't too many comedic moments. There was one that I disagreed with completely. Oh, oh gotcha. <laughs> right. gotcha. He okay. didn't like the comedy around the, the rest abuse. of it was great. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I think that that's one of the moments where you get that like black family around the table mm-hmm. moment that I think Spielberg nailed. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and yeah. he get the dad. The dad is like, "Yeah, you ain't gonna let him talk about this at the table." And then when everyone leaves, and Celia's, I mean, Sophia's like, "I'm gonna stay." Well, that's good. We need some stability around here. Like, he instantly just... Switches. He instantly was like, all right, at least somebody's left. Yep. I, and then she oh, curses man. him. She curses and almost stabs him. Like, yo. Amazing. Because he almost tries to get the power back. He's like, yo, what are you going to do? At least, like, Shook has talent. She can sing. Blah, blah, blah. You got nothing. You're not pretty. Like, Oh, my stuff. God. What an iconic... Oh, man. I love that part. Where he was, he's like... Yeah, he, I think he said... He's like, yo... You're black, you're, you're, wait, no, he goes, you're black, you're poor, you're ugly, and you're a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who's <laughs> going to marry you? Like the, he, and then later on, and he's like, I may, I may be black, I may be poor, I may even be ugly, but what did she say? I'm, I'm, still, I'm here. still here. here. And then Alice Walker, Woo! I mean, that's a standing ovation for Alice Walker. Those are Alice Walker's I'm worlds. Still here. Words. That's, they say it in the musical, that's Alice Walker. That's that's this, that's this whole movie is just about the triumph and resiliency of black women and Absolutely. the way that they support each other and the wild transformations that they do through so much pain. It's the original Lemonade. Whoa! Oh. <laughs> Tessa had that in the pocket. Tessa had that in the pocket. I didn't. I just had that insight right now. I swear to God, I didn't have it. That was an insight in the moment. Yo, I so but yeah. So basically, like she curses him. You will never, nothing good will ever happen to you until you do right by me. Her dad dies. Oh, one thing I did, I want to talk about. I, sorry. She finds out that that wasn't her dad. I wonder, that her it dad. was like a, just a man that married her, her uh, mom after her real dad died. And, and took over her real dad's land and money. Yeah, even though that, that land and stuff belonged to them. Yeah. And so they got it back. I'm sorry, you guys, but I need a T-shirt that is the color purple poster design, but it just says the original limit. Thank you, thank <laughs> you. I'm sorry, I'm thank still you. on that. I need, thank you. I need let's do that it. On a shirt. Let Let's do it. Oh, you my, and me. The game. colors are just like no, no. That makes sense. But also, I just wanted, even though it's super far on, um, when when Shug comes back, sorry, but. When she's so happy, what she realizes is that the pastor is her dad, and she's trying to get respect from the guy the whole time. So she runs out like, "I'm married now. I'm married now." And the guy, like, he just rides by and ignores her. It's like everyone is trying to give vindication from somebody. So to see like Shook stop giving a shit about anybody, and to see that moment of uh, Celie on the on the on the train, and the little girls running who reminds her of Nettie, and she like throws the chocolate. Yes, like that, like. 
There's so much signs of freedom. Right? Mm-hmm. And then she comes right. back to her dad's funeral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and then Suge sings uh, a song and basically like breaks it, like takes over the church, sings that song, and then her and her dad finally like kind of hug. Yeah, the song is God is trying to tell you something right now. Right. Yeah, and then she says, Daddy, her daddy, who is a preacher, even sinners have a soul, right. which is just like, whoa, because look back at the whole storyline of all these very complicated people, including mister, including the dad, mm-hmm. in, including the raping dad. Even sinners have a soul right. is what we're going to end with, Alice Walker. I mean, come on. That is a compassionate human being who wrote that story. Yeah, though actually that part might not have been her because apparently that wasn't in the... Um, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh. That was her, okay. her, her, her and the father being a pastor, like that storyline wasn't in the book. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Interesting. Oh, wow. I, Guys, I like that part we got to read this. We need a book club. Yeah, I like that a lot. I'm, I'm, I, I just started reading like a lot of random uh, black books right now, which is probably why I'm mad militant. I've read some days. black books too. Let's do a book club. I'm militant as hell right uh, now. <laughs> And then, of course, the, the end is Mr. Uh, like, so um, Celia opens up her own uh, seamstress shop. Uh, so she has her own business. Yeah. And she what has does she make? And what does she make? And in that shop, what does she make? Wait, what? What does she make? Pants. She makes pants. Oh, yeah, that's true. She makes pants. Oh. Which is a huge, significant symbol of power and control. And who wears the pants in the house? And women can wear pants and, and be empowered oh. in modernization. She makes pants. Oh. Wow. Uh, yeah, and then uh, wow, and then yeah. you see Mister like out, and then he what he goes to the courthouse, like pays for the immigration for uh, like takes the money out of his like look you know his little vault that he had, and then like pays for the immigration so that Celie's sister could come. Part of the curse that Celie had done on him when he right. she was leaving, walking away, until it was until right you me. do right by me, whatever you have done is back on you. I'm rubber, I'm glue. Is basically what she said to him. Yeah. Until that was the curse that yeah. you until until you do right by me. So she set it up, and then he there was a redeeming moment while well, he did right by her by paying for. Did you want to say I interrupted you? No, I, I mean I said it already. Yeah. Oh, you did. He paid for the immigration yeah. of his of her sister to come there, and then, of course, we just have this incredibly beautiful moment at the end of the reunion of the two sisters and the reunion of the of this mother with her two children that she yeah. literally never knew. Never met. And they're like big. And they're <laughs> kind of grown, grown, married. Yeah. Yeah. And they hug, and and it's just like this super beautiful moment, and then it just ends with the two sisters playing back in the field. With the setting sun, and they're just playing their childhood like hand game, mm-hmm. and then Mister kind of just walks in the in the in the back for a little bit, but then it ling- lingers on them and it stays on them, which I really liked. I liked that they didn't have like her being like thank you, like there was yeah, no like thank no, him no, at no, all. No, no. any of that, thank him at all, no, like, and it, and it was and like it was like he had like a little bit of redemption, but it wasn't like a focal point. Yes. You know, there was something about that that was nice because like to me, it's like. Yes, she had that curse, but like in the rea- the reality of like his actual personhood is he would never be able to live this full life until he like 
reconcile the past sins of his life. Right. And so he does that. I mean, that has really nothing to do with her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even though he's doing it for her, he's not really doing it for her. He's doing it for himself. Yeah. And so you have him kind of pass on, you know, and then these sisters are reunited in their joy, which is so great. Yeah, man. Kept- yeah. And also, I think that there's something really significant about the fact that Nettie and these... Nettie... Okay, so part of the story is that Nettie was actually taking care of and was reconnected with Celie's children and then went to Africa with them, which I think is very significant because I think that there's a larger like symbolic reconnection and healing that happens of like going to Africa, reconnecting with Africa, being connected to those original pains and sins and root of like the disruption of of being disconnected from the continent mm-hmm. um, and they like went back and connected and I think like there's like another level of healing that's happened that Alice Walker definitely I think intended in her yeah. storyline of like these them being African and them being connected in that way that does like uh, them all reuniting and having like Africa be a part of that storyline I think is really healing yeah. and also I think that there's something really healing that's uh, like the God storyline of like losing a sense of God and coming back to God I think that the fact when Celie finds out that not only has Nettie been writing her letters but Nettie has been reconnected with her two children who are alive there is a refinding of God in that moment of I God's been watching over my children right and brought and get and had them had Nettie there so like they're okay that was reconnected and I feel like and also that's connected to the color purple line, right? The titular line of the movie mm-hmm. was a was a, a comment about God and saying, I think God gets angry if you don't enjoy, right? Like enjoy yes. the color purple when you walk by the color yeah, purple yeah. and don't enjoy it yeah. or something. It's a beautiful color. Hmm. I, you know, I, I'm going to just say something quick to Hollywood, though. Oh. This is my thing about it. Because I, I think you're right. Like, I think it's a lot to be, you know, focus on the positives of this movie and how beautiful it was and that it got made. But then the black in me is like, fuck that. And it's not because <laughs> it's not because of not enjoying it, it's because You deserve it. That's it. You deserve it. Like it's, it's, it's this is this is I'm not asking Hollywood to do something great. I'm not asking them to be like, oh, give us a handout. It's like, no, man. What else could, my thing is this this movie in particular did everything that you think it would take. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't a black director in this, you know what I mean? Like it was a white dude, a white dude who was loved, a white dude who made Hollywood a bunch of money, a white dude who technically invented how Hollywood makes billions of dollars now. Hmm. This man invented it, like straight up. Charles invented it, like it's whatever. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. You had you had performances that were great. Yeah, performances that were great. You had a score that fit. You had something that was very emotional. Something that came out in December. You had something that could latch on to like literally every. Everything that Oscar movies do, right? It was about, and, and I'm not trying to make light of it, but I'm saying, but Oscar movies generally about abuse, mm-hmm. some, something about sexuality, yeah, some type of gender situation. This was also had race in it. It did. It had everything right. checked off, but yet no one in this movie got a. They didn't win. And James, I totally understand. Like this, not we shouldn't be focused on the Oscars, and I hate to say it, but the point is that it needs to be the Oscars. Cause I don't like we could go make our own our own like we always do, but that's not the fucking point. We shouldn't have to go make something separate from someone else because we can't get respect as humans for just fucking existing and doing quality work. Like my thing is this: people always say it is being angry and belligerent. It's like no man, we live in a world where like okay, as a man, I don't know a bunch of shit. You know what I'm saying? But I have people like Tessa. I have other people who can tell me, hey, what you just said is sexist. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, 
Tomorrow, if I come into a situation, I have a chance to change or at least build towards it. Mm-hmm. So every time I'm watching these movies, people are like, oh, man, we're getting there. We're getting there. Nigga, not really. <laughs> like, not. I mean, think about it. We're talking about there was a 30, a 50-year gap between when one black woman won an Oscar and another one. Yeah. We're talking about, we're thinking of movies right now. This movie came out in 1985. How often a movie with a person of color has been nominated where we weren't playing as slaves or it wasn't about our race being beaten down? Because even, even Selma was about Selma. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what, like my thing is... What, and it wasn't nominated. It was, yeah. So what are we saying? it wasn't nominated. So what are we saying? Yeah. You know what I mean? My thing is, like, when I watch this movie, the reason I get so upset is because this movie did everything right, and it's just like, what does it take to be considered... What does it take to have a story that's just... isn't about a white person. Mm-hmm. Be universal enough to affect everybody. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, this movie's just about people. This is the thing we talk about all the time, where it's like, yeah, race is in it because we're black. Like, that will never go away. But it's this, this is literally a family dealing with fucked up family things. If you think about it, it's simple. Right. Yeah. That's very simple mm-hmm. premise. And yeah. like that got no love. And all I'm simply saying is Hollywood, if you made more movies like this, then maybe people wouldn't be so fucking extreme when it's like, oh, we can't relate to this. Oh, man, we need another Black Panther to stand out. I was like, no, man, just make this movie. If right. you went back and made Hidden Figures, I would have made sure that white dude never knocked down no goddamn sign because there were black women dealing with being women and being black at NASA. That's some hard shit, yo. Mm-hmm. I would never let that movie go. That's some hard I, shit. No, I know. NASA? I know. NASA? Nigga, I seen a poster for NASA <laughs> recently, and there was a bunch of white women in that joint and a couple of old James, white dudes. I wish. It was NASA. <laughs> like, come on, dog. Uh-huh. Yeah. What? Yeah, NASA. And that black woman was like, fuck that. I went to the bathroom. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We, we agree. Jarrah, I'm, I'm right there with you. If anybody is wondering, you can it's return like, to the video. It, you can it. return to the episode, I'm Hidden sorry. Figures, where Jarrah and I discuss this in depth. It's just like, what are we doing? Yeah. What else is it? John, what else does it take, baby? What is it? What else? Tessa, what does it take? The, I mean, it, it, it takes movies like this. I absolutely agree. And we need more of them. And the thing is, like, the, the, the bias that we as a society all have, it, we are affected by the stories that are told and the perspectives that those stories are told. And we get to practice seeing, the, seeing life through other people's eyes, the more opportunities we have for different voices to tell those stories and different characters to tell those stories. And so, yes, this film allowed us to have Alice Walker's voice tell a story and Spielberg tell a story and all of these actors and these characters all together. And we get to, we get to see this world through their eyes. That's what helps us to avoid, um, (laughs) it helps us to avoid, that helps us with our bias. And so we need more. We need, we need more stories. This is why you guys have this podcast. All right. (laughs) All right. You're doing, you're doing the right work guys. Uh, well, you're doing the right work, John. You ready? Even, yeah. even Hancock. Yeah. What I just—I just, do just want to say real quick. <laughs> oh. No, no. I'm just gonna say. I feel like if I did my bit right now, I would, I would actually get murdered. Like I feel like <laughs> if I did any kind of. If honestly, I tried to make any kind of a connection, honestly, James, I love your Hancock bit. Lord knows I do. <laughs> Stop it. Why are you oh, doing it? If you it? do it right now, I'm going to strike you dead. <laughs> I thought you going around like, if you do it right now, I'm going to strangle you. Right, let's stop this. I'm not. Yeah, he's going to be so. Yeah, he's being so. It, all, it, all, it was all worth it for that. <laughs> I hate that we just did that. John, all how right. do we end this? Time for the cause. We rate and review films not based on how much we like the film, but whether it helped the cause of more leading black actors in Hollywood. 
If we believe a movie fully helped the cause, we give it a black fist. If we believe it somewhat helped the cause, we give it a white palm. And if we believe it didn't help the cause at all, we don't give it anything. So who knows what we're going to do for this on the count of one, two, three. Okay. And Wait, there, that was it? There we go. That's how you just does the count? You just did the count? You just... I'm so proud to be here for this I mean, movie. This is all, Thank you, know, you so much for the opportunity I mean, James, to be here for this up? movie. You know I got 17 black fists <laughs> right, over here. James mm-hmm. doesn't know the rules. I got a fist for Oprah. <laughs> I got a fist for Whoopi. I got a fist for Donald. Uh, I got a fist right. for Danny. Donald Glover and Danny. You got Donald Glover and Danny. Glover, I got a fist. Yo, I, got I got a, a, I got give a, a fist for Donald Glover. Alice Walker's getting a fist. Spielberg is getting uh, a black fist on this. Okay. I've got a lot so of four black fists. I go quick. I go quick. I go right. Yeah. I gave it a black fist because this movie existed. This movie is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, man, the movie is beautiful. The performances are great. With Whoopi Goldberg's, I know we didn't really go in depth about oh, like her God, performance. Her but it was so mm-hmm. her character was supposed to be quiet and meek, but she always had this underlying strength and hope to her character, which I think is any other actress would have lost that hope. I just mm. know how to survive. Yeah, and I think. Yeah, I think you need that. I think that's, All these that's lines what it's about. Stick out. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Also, I like know the character names. I never know character names. It's true. Yeah. He doesn't know true. most of Ever. our names. He's not sure what yeah. the names in this room are. Yeah. True. true. I got nervous introducing Tessa. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm saying it was beautiful. I love that it existed. I love that it was nominated for eleven Oscars. And also to me, I say this and I say this and I know it's gonna sound weird. I'm happy it was nominated for eleven Oscars. But also, I'm kind of. I wish it would have won, but I'm also. I'm also happy that it didn't win, so people could see that this movie was very great and what we're up against. Like right. straight up, like we are up against a movie where it was like two white people coming. <laughs> Lily called. Was it straight out? Straight out of Africa. It's called out of Africa. Out of Africa. <laughs> Come on, man. Like I mean, if this doesn't tell you what we're really up against, then I don't know what else will. So that's really interesting. You know, that's what I feel. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Oprah, Whoopi Goldberg, Danny Glover. It's, this is Whoopi's first thing. They all got nominated. They should have won. They didn't, but still. Uh, I mean, come on. There's nothing else to say. There's nothing else to say. No, there's nothing else to say. I just, I truly, I just honestly, I feel really honored to be here with you guys talking about this amazing movie. I feel. Thanks for coming. Oh, like, yeah. Really, this is such a special film. And such a sp- special story, and there's stories within it. There's oh, there's Whoopi Goldberg's story in this. Yeah. There's Steven Spielberg's story in this. There's Oprah's story in this. There's Dan, Don, Danny, Danny. I love it. Don, you want to say Danny Glover's story in this, and the and, and Alice Walker story in this. Like there, there's the uh, there's uh, this. I really feel honored to be a part of the story of this. That's okay. it, James. James, what you got? I gave it a black fist. <laughs> I gave it 17 black fists. That's, that's not mm-hmm. a thing. That's a thing. You only have two fish, James. You don't you know. know what it is. You don't know. <laughs> is that it? That you just, you just Yep, that's it. All right, you know what it is. All right, John. All right. Uh, thank you, Tessa, for coming. Thank you for having me. Everyone, uh, where can we see you, Tessa? Where can they follow you? Follow you. Oh, please follow me at um, Claire. I delight in your comments and, um, on Twitter, and I take pictures and screen grab them and send them to Dara and James <laughs> and John uh, and tell them how much I love being on this show, and I truly delight in it. 
So please holler at me. I am not talking to anybody else on Twitter. So like just entertain me. I would love to hear from you. And I'm just, yes, I love the Black Men Can't Jump fans. Oh, yeah. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter at Black Men Podcast. Blackmenpodcast.com is our website. If you rate and review us on iTunes, give us five stars. We'll read your reviews on the air. Um, you can follow me at John Braylock, J-O-N-B-R-A-Y-L-O-C-K on Twitter and Instagram. And um, that's it, I think, for me, for plugs. Yeah. Oh, and you if you're... follow me at James Third Comedy, jamesthirdcomedy.com. Third is 3RD. <laughs> Tessie will go ahead. I just wanted to say, if you're in the New York area and you're going to the New York Television Festival, please check out. I've got a bunch of different projects in. I've been lucky enough to, so I'll be there and my work will be there. So please come and check it out if you're in New York. Yeah, uh-huh. um, I'm taking a break from social media like I normally do. Uh, so sure. don't sure you are. You know, it's gonna be a what little... is happening? You're taking a break from yeah, social. Yeah, you know, you know what it is. I felt. I feel like personally, like Instagram. Puts me in a bad mood, so I just want to like. That's really healthy. Yeah, we we take breaks. Yeah, John and I take breaks. I just I just can't handle it right now. So you gotta do it. Okay, all right. So fans, you know, fans, set your watches. We got about (laughs) two weeks (laughs) before we're back. (laughs) You don't know my life. (laughs) <laughs> so now we can talk about him on we can talk about social media while he's not there. Yeah, you probably can for sure. <laughs> but yeah, uh, um, that's it. Great. Cool. And uh, next week, uh, we will actually be taking a break. We're going to be reviewing the new film, Uncle Drew. Uncle Drew. Starring Uncle Drew. Starring Lil Rel Howery and, of course, a bunch of basketball players. So, Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany Eric Haddish. Ash. Kyrie Irving, Shaquille O'Neal, Nate Robinson, Reggie Miller, Chris Webber. Chris Webber. Chris Webber. First off, you can all see how John is explaining this movie, how he already feels. And we also will have a special guest. We love basketball when basketball players do movies. Who's your special guest? We have the director of uh, Uncle Drew. What? Wait, he's going to be on. I don't think it's happening in this order that you're announcing. I mean, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. We haven't actually done it yet, so I always don't say those things in case they don't actually Actually, happen. you're right. But yeah. we have on, Steven Spielberg. It's not on us if Charles Stone <laughs> III does No, don't call him out by name. Oh, my god! If everything works out, we will have Charles Stone. We've had no. many instances where people, people were supposed to be on busy. this show, and that didn't happen. Well, no. well, well, if it happens, we're here in Charles You don't even give your guests water. Wow. Also, I'm interested to know... <laughs> Tessa, you live here now. Wow. Tessa, you live here. This is a house we'd be like, yo, the fridge is over there. You know what Sophia said? You know what Sophia said? The fridge is over there. At least someone knows how to treat a guest. Nope, you live here. You ain't a guest no more. (laughs) This is what, fourth time, Fip? You in it. (laughs) But if Charles Stone III doesn't come, it's not. Stop. Fans, tweet at us. Tweet at us if you think you know who also was supposed to be on the show and didn't do it. Like, just tweet, just names of people. Tweet at, tag the people in the tweets. (laughs) Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> All right, it's time to end this show. Bye. Bye. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>